0: Powered by the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina. And broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios in Azel, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 115. Tonight, we welcome back Jonathan Carney of La Florida Medicana for our annual Big Game Show. And as always, Primetime Special Edition <clears throat> is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sungrown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And buy Aganorsa Leaf. Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of our JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of Farmer Casa Fernandez cigars, you experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa leaf. And by JRE Tobacco, the authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of the Cigars of Cuba, the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Homestown Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced Authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry <coughs> Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with Authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry and Tobacco, Julio and and Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing that Authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% Authentic Corojo puro. San Andrés Maduro, Ecuadorian, Connecticut shade, Cameroon, or Abano wrapper, representing that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retail, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every draw. And finally, by Drew Estate. Drew Estate's about to make someone a whole lot richer. During a recent uh, Facebook show, Drew Estate announced it would hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes during freestyle live events including a grand prize of one full Bitcoin for a lucky fan to be announced on the February 17th, 2022 edition of Freestyle Live. Entry into the Drew State Bitcoin sweepstakes has been simple. During three of the company's Freestyle Live event shows, the company has randomly selected the names of five people who attended that show and commented during specific times as winners of an assortment of fantastic prizes. Those five winners have been Enter into a grand prize contestant pool for the February 17th drawing of that grand prize Bitcoin. You can find more at www.drewestate.com, or you can visit Drew Estate's Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate Cigar. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition 115, and today is Tuesday, February 8th. 2022. This is Will Cooper. I'm on the red stage tonight in the Perdomo Cigar Studios and Lounge, joined by my friend and colleague in Hazel, Texas, at the Alec Bradley Star Studios, Mr. Bear Duplissy.
1: Oh, uh, good evening, Coop. Fantastic. It's always great every year to get together for the big game. Uh, in uh in the spirit of uh in the spirit of the eve of one of the greatest. Uh, seasons or, or sports uh kickoffs we uh we would normally be celebrating um you know pitchers and catchers reporting here in a few weeks uh but uh you know a guy named manfred's fucking that up so you know what all we have is the big game and you know what that's going to be good enough this year that's going to be good enough and we've got a great guest uh yep. he's always he's always on hand for this i i look forward to this show every year all joking aside yep. fuck manfred impeach manfred But go big game. Here we go. We're going to talk some good. We're going to talk some football tonight.
0: Yeah, no, this is a show that's older than the primetime shows itself. I mean, this goes back to the old Stogie Geeks days where we we wrote this concept in. Uh, We invite this person in every year to do the show, and he's always so gracious to do it. We wouldn't wouldn't be the same show without him. So let's bear. Let's give him a warm welcome. Welcome back from La Florida, Minicana. He's the vice president of sales. Jonathan Carney. Jonathan, welcome back to primetime, my friend.
2: Thank you, gentlemen. It's nice to be on here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue to do this because the main reason I was doing the show was every year I got to talk about the Patriots or Tom Brady. Um, And now that he's retired and they're out of the playoffs, I don't know if this is going to continue on anymore. I didn't want to
1: lead off with that, John. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to like start things off on that kind of a note, but I mean, you brought it up. This has got to be a weird feeling.
2: No, it's got to be a weird feeling, though,
1: like in all sincerity.
2: It's awkward awkward, because out of the. Jeez, I think this is the eighth year, maybe the seventh year. At least it might be the eighth year. Coop, you would know. Is this the eighth year we've done the done the special football edition?
0: It's this, it's actually seven. the seventh. Seven. Yeah. It's actually seven, the seventh. Right? Yeah, yeah. There was, but there was one year we skipped because it was yeah. when I was in transition for the new show. We I didn't do it that sure. year. So yeah, it's I think like I said, it's been going on. This is going on a long time. Yeah, I think I
2: think that Brady was in like five of those, five of the seven. Um, it seemed yeah. like it seemed like I you know it was it was interesting. I know we'll probably talk about retirement a little bit, but I'm excited, man. I I'm really excited for um, the game this weekend. The super Bowl is going to be awesome. Um, the the teams are great. It's great storylines. I know we'll get into that. So there's tons for us to talk about. But I'm super pumped for the game. I'm not going to be out in L.A. this year. It was uh, it was challenging planning events. These Super Bowl events. You've got to really plan these things many, many months ahead of time, six months, even mostly a year. um, You really start planning ahead of time. And where we were at six months or a year ago with uh, social restrictions in California, um, it was quite challenging of what we were going to be able to do or not. So I will not be out in the people's Republic of California this year uh, celebrating that, but the LA Rams are in there. So the, the football edition has been really hot um equally as hot as it was last year in florida when tampa was in it in tampa uh, so it's it's a fun year tons of excitement around it so i'm pumped guys i'm pumped to talk about this i'm pumped to talk about everything i'm pumped to talk about cigars this is a very cigar centric super bowl uh because and we'll get into that some of the players uh high, highest profile players are massive cigar smokers um there's endless things to talk about. This is an exciting, exciting time to talk about things. And I only talk about Tom Brady for probably 20% of the show. Time.
0: That's, that's uh, less than Terrence Riley would. So, uh, um, no, it's, uh, you know, one that's thing you funny. mentioned, just so you know, one thing, one thing you mentioned, John, is, is there was talk that this game, the NFL was looking at backup options. Uh, for this Super Bowl. So there was even the chance if California put something in with, with restrictions that I think they were talking to Texas Stadium about possibly taking the game. So it uh, it definitely, you know, there was definitely a lot of uncertainty uh, this year. Much like last year, I know there was uncertainty, uh, but but I think everyone knew the game was going to be played in Florida. It was just a matter of if people were going to be in the stadium or not. So. Yeah, how many people?
2: In the um, You know, there's, there's one, I, I had no doubt in my mind at all that it was going to be played and it was going to be played in California specifically because I, this is—I mean, this is just fact at this point. There's nothing more that the leaders and the politicians in California like are taking other people's money, and the Super Bowl is a gigantic money grab. Um, so they would have been insane to not uh, coat their pockets even more uh, than they do over there uh, that had the Super Bowl. So I, I was—I would have been floored. If they didn't find some way to pull it off, even if it was partial people, partial in the stadium or whatnot, or everyone wearing masks, whatever the deal was, there's no way those people were letting those leaders and those politicians were letting that Super Bowl uh, get out of out of California. And and for the people that say, oh, well, you know, it's if this doesn't have anything to do with absolutely 100 percent, the Super Bowl has everything to do with politics, big business and these people coating their pockets with money. So uh, they weren't letting that go.
0: Yeah, no, they weren't. They absolutely weren't. And, you know, for the city of Los Angeles, um, this is the first time they have hosted or well, the L.A. metro area has hosted a Super Bowl since um, 1993 That's Cowboys and Bills. So, I mean, yes, San Diego's had it. There's been, uh, you know, the Bay Area's had it. But um, as far as um, L.A., which is, you know, the second the second biggest city in the country, this is the first time in 29 years they're hosting this game, so uh, it, it it was very important, you know, because when when the NFL pretty much was pulled out of LA, there wouldn't, you don't get a Super Bowl, you know, you don't get a Super Bowl, and that's what ha- that's why there hasn't been one for so long. So um, it's back, and I think uh, you know, I think you know, I wouldn't want to be one of those politicians saying, hey, we we just cost LA another Super Bowl here, you know, so.
2: Yeah, and, and the NFL, you know, I, I think the NFL – and I'd love to talk about things that the NFL leaks and the things the NFL does um, in the show. There's some fun things we can talk about. The uh, ideal gas law today, uh, which is some fun stuff for us to talk about here a little bit later on. But the NFL is a media machine. Uh, they leaked out information of plans and uh, alternative Super Bowl locations. Hey, we're going to move this to Texas to get L.A. to get their oh, act together and oh, make yeah. some decisions. That no was death. put out because, Hey, if you don't have this decision, we're going to go to Jerry world here in Dallas. I'm in Texas today. too. Um, we're going to go to Jerry world here in Dallas and we're going to do it without a heartbeat, uh, you know, without missing a beat. Uh, so they leaked that information out and had that out there and put feelers out just to get people excited and uh, that it could go somewhere else. And then that was a, that was a sign to them. Like, Hey, we're going to yank this from you. Uh, if you don't get your act together and decide what you're going to do with some of these restrictions.
0: Yep. Oh, I believe that too. I mean, the NFL, I mean, they've, I mean, I believe they always have a contingency plan for the Super Bowl. I 100%. don't think. Yeah. I mean, I remember you, got, even when, you have to. You have to. Um, there's just th- disasters that can happen that are out of your control. I mean, even so. I mean, I'm even I remember there was always when when New York hosted that one game, there was always the talk if, if it snowed in New York um, and uh, not so much that New York can't handle the snow. It's just logistically getting people to that game because it was actually in New Jersey was going to be very, very difficult. Um, so, you know, they had people. They were even talking back then about a contingency plan. So no surprises there. Um, but before we kind of get into things, we have a little business to take care of. And then we'll talk about uh, what, what I'm smoking tonight and what Bear may be smoking later, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, so I'm going to be writing up in a couple of minutes. We're going to talk about the, the special football edition cigar for 2022 uh but beforehand uh unfortunately bears did not make it uh to the Alec Browley Studios in yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah yeah, yeah. Now it's, got four we got 44 minutes we, we got 44 minutes according we're, to Bear.
2: we're told that it could show up at, at nine uh, 9 central
0: yeah oh, so we'll we'll see what happens right but bear has to smoke in the meantime right we're not going to make him wait and then if for some reason the uh, the delivery doesn't come right? Then he's not smoking. So John, we're going to have you pick what bear is going to smoke in the meantime. And then I'm going to light light this up Perfect. just in case, like I said, bears on a live, someone's got to take one for the team. So, so bear, what do you got tonight for, for, for Jonathan?
1: Well, nor- normally I've got three cigars, but you know, in, in in event of such a wonderful event that we have tonight, I've got, uh, I've got a few more to choose from. So um, I've got a couple of um, cigars, uh, One from um, the we're, the um, I've got the uh, Lafleur uh, L400 La Hero Oscuro here. I've got one of my personal favorites, uh, the Lafleur Dominicano uh, Oro Maduro as well. So two Maduro selections for you to choose from here, John. Uh, now here the special stuff starts. Um, I've got I, well, I wouldn't say the original release. The original was unbanded, but I've got an original banded NAS Ooh, here. Oh um i've got an original stein 1994 this is actually from the first the first signs I, I one of the that. greatest one of one. the
0: greatest cigars ever by the way
1: from before yeah and um and then the last one has a little bit of a story um and uh so john uh, was kind enough uh to take us out uh, to a fantastic meal a couple of years ago at PCA. And then we smoked uh, some Andalusian bowls that night. And so John and I got to talking. I was like, hey, John, you want to know a fun fact? He's like, what's that? And I was like, this is only my fourth Andalusian bull. And he hands me another one. He says, well, there's number five. Well, here's number five. Been saving it for you, buddy. Here it is. Beautiful. So an Andalusian bull that you handed me personally, or an originally, original Stein 1994, uh, I get an original banded NAS, or if we want to go some classic, great, good old time, La Florida Minican cigars, I've got the Oscuro L400 um, or the uh, Maduro Oro.
2: So I'm looking at some of the comments here and everyone, uh, I think the consensus is they'd like me to choose NAS. Do I get to
1: pick? I'm only picking one, correct?
2: So after you're done smoking, you, you pick next. No, right? tonight's
1: special, John. You get to you get to pick my. You'll oh. get to pick my second one too.
2: So what? I, what I'm thinking I might. What I think I might do is save the NAS for like later on in the show, and it just that's a really nat- mean nasty thing to do. So you have to have like a nicotine <laughs> no, bomb right before you go to bed. <laughs> um. Oh man, I'm not gonna have the bull save that. We'll smoke that together someday. I would go. I'm gonna. Oof, it's tough. I'm going to go with the Oro, go with the Oro Maduro. That was, uh, that's one of my favorite blends. That's the blend that are, that, that created my excitement and kind of inspired what we do with the, the TAA exclusives over the last several years. Mm-hmm. Um, so Oro is personally, uh, one that I, I really personally enjoy. So I'm going to start with that Oro and it's kind of an in-between of the cigars you've got there. Mm-hmm. Of everything, it's you know got a really nice dark rich wrapper like the Scuro. Uh, it's got some shrink to it, but not too much like you do with the NAS. Um, it's called Gold Oro, so there's Pelode Oro in the NAS and there's Oro in the name, so it's kind of a combination of everything. So, let's uh, let's go with Oro. You guys sir, thank you so much. All By right. Doesn't my background look like one of those fake backgrounds that people put up when they're in like a conference call right now? It does.
0: It was like I thought. <laughs> it's I thought literally it a went. real background. <laughs> that that is cool. That yeah. is cool. The hotel uh, window <laughs> effect. All right, awesome. So We got to do yeah. one more thing before we kind of get into the, the football talk, and that's our giveaway for tonight, sponsored by Tabacalera USA. Uh, we do this every week. Uh, now tonight we're giving away another one of these H Upman um, sets, and these have kind of become. A lot of people really like these sets. Um, it has the, uh, the tumbler glass, it has the ball cap and it has the sought after cooler backpack, which a lot of people have been asking me about. Um, in fact, my wife took the sample they gave me of this. Uh, so it's actually an insulated cooler. That's a backpack. And I can tell you my wife hates cigar, uh, swag, but that one, she, she really likes um and this is all courtesy of h i think this is the last one we're gonna have of these for a while so uh what do you have to do now normally i ask a question and um i'm not gonna ask a question that you have to look up tonight um this is gonna be one that you're gonna have to get the hashtag right and most importantly you're gonna have to get the name of the cigar right that you say like you just can't sp- spit anything out and you're gonna get a prize so All I want to know is I want to know the H. Upman cigar you're going to that you would smoke during the big game. But you have to actually get the cigar right. Don't just say like blurt something out. It has to be the name of the cigar. um, Otherwise, you're going to lose. And it has to be hashtagged big game, one word. So that's always the the hashtag bear has always been the challenge with these things. Um, So it's very simple. You just got to tell me the H upman cigar. Now it has to be an alternate cigar, not a Cuban. You put a Cuban out there. You're not going to win. Okay.
1: So, Oh, right. But you know, there's going to be some smart. I was going to say there's going to okay. be some smart asses,
0: but don't put, for example, H upman 175. Um Well, you know, without, well, let me, that's a bad example. I just gave you an answer. I just gave you an answer. There. Make sure it's the right name of the cigar is all I'm telling you. Like, don't just put uh, And in fact, you just got to seriously an
1: go to cigar cigar coopcom yeah, Just type yeah. in H Upman, pick a cigar, throw it in there. Hashtag big game. My word,
0: it's not that hard, yeah. guys. As long as the name is on Cigar Coop, that's gonna be the, the answer there. Or if it's on the H Upman website, uh those those doesn't have to be a cigar and cigar Coop is what I'm saying. But uh you'll know if you go to Cigar Coop, because that's the whole idea of this. Um, you can win. And it's hashtag big game. So I mean this is easy, but the heck, we had a we had a little issue with hashtags again, bear on the last show. Um, so I don't want to have to do the PowerPoint on hashtags. I think it's anymore. just
1: because the people don't know how hashtags work, you don't put you can't put you can't put punctuation in the middle of a the hashtag.
0: <laughs> They'll put punctuation. <laughs> the
2: well, do you Can think I, I I'm kind of think that it seems like when there's rules to something that you're running, Coop, oh for my me, goodness, it's very self-explanatory, <laughs> but whenever there's rules being run, it's just like it's like herding cats. It seems oh my like goodness, industry, I- it's crazy.
0: And then the thing is, I, I tend to say it has to be the rule. You, there's no gray line with me. You either make the rule, or don't, because if I open up the gray line, I mean, but boy oh boy, people don't like rules uh, in the cigar industry. And bear, we're, we I don't know if I did I tell you we're running a big Daniel Marshall contest uh, in a week when you fill in. Uh, no, you didn't. Now, but you, I guess now, I you, now you know now. Now you know now. Yeah. So we and and, and State on cigar coop. There, I mean, we have some incredible prizes we're giving away. Right. So this is good practice, by the way, with hashtag because you're going to have to hashtag the to windows, Daniel Mar. And I'm telling you, there's like serious, serious quality stuff with that. I mean, it's probably we've never run a contest like that from a, from a guest. We get great contests from from Altus every week uh, on this show. But I mean, there's some there's some rare items that, that you're going to be able to win. But you're going to. So this is good practice. Hashtag big game. That's all you need to do. And you just got to tell me an H. Upman cigar. That's a legitimate H. Upman cigar. Um not a Cuban. <laughs> All right. I think we beat that one to death. Uh, and we beat
1: it to death every week. Coop. It's we, still beat it, just, that's we beat comical. it.
0: To, we beat it to death every week. No, pun- we st- no
1: punctuation. Of course, there's yeah. No punctuation at this year. Why try? someone trying I'm to not, fucking uh, put that exclamation no, yeah, point at the end of big game? Yeah. Hashtag big game exclamation point. God damn it.
0: But, <laughs> well, when one of the answers <laughs> is from an ineligible uh, contestant. Always. Yep. Yeah, it's but, always no, fun. Always fun. No, we appreciate it. So. Hey, so let's so now we're going to get into some actual big game talk here. And but but let's kind of what I want to do is because I want to light this up. Uh, we have the, the Florida of football special football edition cigar for 2022. Um, I'm excited. I haven't lit these up yet. This was cracked open out of the box today. A uh, little smaller, more of a Robusto size this year. We've had some big ones. So I'm actually I'm really excited because I I've been this I think this is going to be a great cigar in a Robusto format. John, I'm going to turn it over to you. What can you tell us about this cigar? So I'm, I'm smoking my third right
2: now. I, I smoked a couple last week.
0: My box showed up
2: in Orlando um, uh, late last week. I think on Friday. So I had a couple over the weekend. So it is a little shorter. It's a five and a half, uh, but it's still 63. Big robust at the end. Um, Figurado at the top. And it uh, it's the same... Same recipe as the last four to five years. I get asked this question quite regularly. Like, is it the same blend? It's the same recipe. Um, It's just using the ingredients from different years. Um, So this is uh, crops from the last two years on this. And uh, it's excellent. Ectominor Habano wrapper. It's got uh, Connecticut shade accents on it. Mine's already half gone. I'm probably going to smoke two or three of these tonight. Um, The draw on it is exceptional. And the reason I bring that up is it's, it's exceptional draw, not because it's, I say this term a lot, underfilled. I don't mean it negatively when I say it. it's a technique that, that is used in cigar making to make draw on cigars better. You don't. It's not intentionally using less tobacco to jip you. It's just a technique to, to fill it less, um, which creates a good draw. The reason I'm bringing that up on this is because this has got some weight to it for what the size is. Oh, my goodness. It um, really does. Yeah, and it's packed packed full. Yeah. Um, so the draw on it, when I when I took a dry draw on it, I expected it to have a little bit more give than it had. And the draw is, is excellent.
0: Yeah, And it's I agree. been
2: that way on three different cigars that I've had so far. I'm going to smoke it probably two or three tonight. Uh, so we'll see if that maintains. Um, so I'm kind of at the beginning stages of smoking this with you guys, too, which has been the same pretty much every year. Um, except I would say, uh, the first two years that we did the cigars, I smoked a lot of them prior, uh, just cause we were working on the projects. Um, and then, uh, uh, the last, I'd say five years, it's kind of been a communication of like, this is, you know, we brainstorm between Lido, Tony and I, what, what do we want to do this year? What is the concept? Um, and then we brainstorm, uh, you know, via text message, email, phone, um, and then I get the cigars after. So I'm kind of at the, you know, you guys are only one, uh, only two cigars behind me now. But great smoke. Um, The price is a little bit lower this year. Um, We ate a little bit of the price. I know it's still, uh, you know, it's still considered a little bit pricier of a cigar, but it's under $20. And the reason we ate a little bit of the cost on it uh, was it's going to California where they have about a 70% tax. Uh, So we wanted Mm. that product to not be a cigar at uh, last year. It was $20. And that's where we were probably going to maintain it at that price point. But uh, last year, if we went, if we did what we did last year with $20, that cigar would almost be uh, over $30 once you had sales tax, tobacco tax, city taxes, um, some areas it would be a 35. Um, so we brought that down so the California retailers could sell it at a more reasonable cost in the state, still high. Um, uh, but that's why the cost was a little bit lower this year. Uh, we ate a little bit of that in sending it out there to California to, to help with the taxes.
0: No, um, and, you know, the other thing I'll say, John, about these cigars, um, and I've smoked a lot of these, and you've always been generous to bring these to the show, so thank you. Um, and We were talking a little about this right before in the green room. D- these cigars, I mean, what I would say is smoke some of them now, you know, leading up to the game and enjoy the game, but definitely put some of these away. Um, they have just some of the aging on these cigars there, and I, I, I know you could probably comment on some of this, right? Um, I was commenting on two that have really aged exceptionally. It was the the Georgia one, which was the box press and yes. the Miami one from two years ago, which I have here. Uh, they've aged exceptional, those two cigars.
1: Yeah, the one from Georgia is, 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 is <clears throat> looks phenomenal. Um, so John, John and I were chatting before the, the, the show and uh, just because of the, the debacle of UPS and everything um well the debacle of texas and, and not being able to deal with inclement weather but um and uh he's like do you have any of the ones from last year i was like i do i was like so i was fiercely going through storage uh, i'm still in the process of moving and everything i so i couldn't i couldn't find them so I, but i did was able to obviously locate some special cigars for tonight but um but yeah no i think <clears throat> i think they age phenomenally um it's one of the it's one of the unique things about it um you know, I think we, we talk about this every year, um, that this is, this is, and you know, how much I hate the word, how, how much I hate the word and how much I hate gimmicky cigars. That's not what these are. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Lito and the folks at LFT have proved that year and year, time and time again, with like the Salomon Unico series, exquisite artisan, uh, beautiful cigars that smoke phenomenally made with amazing tobacco and, um, have, and, uh, you know, Fleur has been one of my, I mean, everyone yeah. knows. It's my brand. It's the reason I'm here. Uh I love I love the cigars. I think they age phenomenally. Uh there's there's you know there's a bunch of stuff about it. I think I also had another major epiphany while John was talking there, Coop. He was talking about the draw, you know, John you were talking about how the draw is like and you mentioned the term underfilled and everything. But what I would say about the Florida Menican cigars overall and Coop, you can feel disagree, agree with me. You know how we always talk about that ideal draw that you and I enjoy where yeah. it has that slight resistance. Ben calls it the milkshake bro. yeah. Yeah. That's pretty mm-hmm. much every LFD I've ever smoked.
2: Yep. I'll tell you, it's one thing that's really interesting, just a couple things that you mentioned on the pops and things in my head. Um, you know, we, we've done a lot of artisan work with tobacco, with the, the gourmet smoke sessions, specifically um, with, during COVID. Uh, There's a lot of designs, and those got a little more elaborate. Um I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think the term gimmick has to be negative. Oh, um, I do. You know, That's fine. Is the, is the cigar itself is high quality? It's just as high quality as anything that we would ever make. Um, yeah. Is the football and the stripes on it gimmicky? Yeah. It's the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it's a special occasion. It's commemorating something. The Gourmet Smoke Sessions had cigars that commemorated anniversaries, commemorated holidays. Uh, uh, we did one for the military uh, during veterans day. Uh, so there's a little shtick to it, but I don't think gimmicky necessarily has to be negative. And maybe I think sometimes they use, people use the wrong term. Maybe, maybe a shtick is what it is. You know, Hey, the shtick about this cigar is that it's the football edition. Um, you know, some of the, I I mean, I was in a shop today that I saw general cigars came out with one called the Fu Man Shoe. I mean, talk about an actual gimmick, that works. I talked to people about it. I said, how's the cigar They're so Like it's out of control. I was like, that's crazy to me. And they're like, yeah. And they go, it's people want that stuff. Uh, so people do enjoy it and we enjoy it. Uh, you know, we're sitting here talking about it. This is bringing us together as a cigar. Um, so I think that's a special thing in uh, it where gimmicks are real and where they're negative is when the product stinks. You know, if the cigar was rancid and awful and gross, and, and I'm sure there's some people that think it's gross and that's fine. They're, they're welcome to have their own opinion. Uh, but for the most part, I would say that people with discerning palates and people who understand premium cigars respect the cigar for what it is, whether it fits their palate or not um, the quality, the consistency behind it. Uh, but there are things that go out there that are just bad, you know, uh, that don't work. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the last one you said was you're talking, we talking about the age on this. I was having a good conversation with an old friend of mine uh, who just moved back to Florida a couple weeks back, we were sitting last night and we were talking, we, we were having cigar conversations that we had about 15 years ago. And we always talked about brands that aged really well. Um, and LFD was the one that we always used to talk about before sure. I was with him. And he's like, man, he goes, he goes, the pro. he goes, the thing I love about LFD, he goes, I love aging them. He goes, they don't get me wrong. He goes, they taste great. He goes, but the way they age is just so unique. Yeah. Um, right. You know? And I said, no, I, well, I agree with you. I there's a lot of c- cigars that I have that I've sat on with LFD, um, you know, Double E Harrow specifically, and, and the fuller body ones, but even some more medium body blends of, of the brand. Uh, it, it's, it's a line that ages really well. Full, rich tobaccos age really well, and that's really what most of our,
1: you know, most of our line's about. Yeah, the naturals know. I the love I'm sorry Coop, the no, naturals I, I love I love I love it with age that it brings out so the naturals particularly like the chisel the double hero like the 700 like they're stronger than the maduro because that maduro sweetness helps that that strength of those blends like off the shelf but what happens in my experience of aging them in particular it, what happens is that with the the natural versions of those cigars is a lot more sweetness comes out of that tobacco, and it almost, uh, I mean, it, 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 it brings, it's, and it's a different sweetness than the, than you get with the Maduro, it, it, it it's a whole other dynamic that just is, it's truly unique, and it, it's that La Canela tobacco, you know, it has to be, you know, it, because, I mean, we all use different wrappers on different cigars and stuff, it, you know, the, the common denominator is, is, is what's in the, is what's in the cigar, and that's, that stuff is obviously very unique, it's proprietary, and, um, yeah, it, it really, really lends to aging really well.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say this, this is a, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. We're not going to get into it tonight on the whole debate about responsible marketing and candy themed cigars and, um, Apples and oranges, Coop. Ca- apple. Scoop. That, yeah. that's where the, if that's the road you're going to go down on this, that's well, right. Well, but, but, you know, here's the thing. I, I have been a little vocal on some of this stuff, right? And the biggest excuse I give to from cigar companies is, "Oh, we just want to have fun, right?" I and I understand it, but this is a cigar that's fun, and you don't have to worry about like, uh, you know, okay. basically, basically having a cartoon character on it. You know, yeah, so, I didn't know where
1: I didn't know where you were going. No, going this with is this. Yeah, well, I'm this going with. It. I'll
2: go there. This is not Fu Manchu. <laughs> you
1: know, no, it doesn't. It does. You know, I'm not, not
2: calling them. I'm not calling on By the way, they don't mind if you get called out. They make a ton of money off of doing it. they They want exactly, to have fun, but the reason they do is because they make money. They're making money, exactly and it's
0: the only reason why. And and guess what they're making money and guess what it's keeping. Do I say the word relevant? Is that a bad word these days? <laughs> uh,
1: but. <laughs> Just don't take a picture with everybody in the group together yeah, on a I already did that, John. I already took a picture of you and the cigar. God damn it. it. I'm, well, are, I'm it. losing. I'm losing tonight,
0: man. But man, <laughs> but yeah. So th- and then and this has always been a fun cigar to smoke. Um, like I said, and it's a fun cigar to pick back up uh as well. Cause Bear and I are big aging nerds. We haven't done a LaFleur experiment. I know we were talking about I think we were we were looking at a couple of candidates though to do a little. It's it's
1: one. it's always it's always on my list. Yeah,
0: I think that's um, going to probably be the next one we well, do. The
2: big challenge with with us and aging stuff too, uh, recently, is especially the last two and a half years uh, with the COVID situation and whatnot. We had just finished a very significant factory expansion right before COVID hit, about two months before, um, and we almost nearly doubled the size of our production abilities, and. Then COVID hit and we were at partial production and closed, uh, closed for three months, partial capacity, 20 below 50% for another five to six months. And then we just fully returned back to 100% capacity in about August, September, which started hitting retail shops in December. And then like like the craziest thing about the cigar industry too, is in the busiest time in the history of the business, which is fine, people deserve time off, but all these Latin countries take like a month and a half off for the holidays- (laughs) So everybody's getting their butts kicked. You have these great ends of the year and then you like take one, he- one month off, which is essentially like taking two months off by the time everything gets caught up. Um, so it's hard, to it's hard, I think, for some people to age some of our cigars now if you smoke LFD regularly as we've been playing catch-up and as the industry been playing catch-up. You know, we've still been producing a, a pretty much the same amount of cigars we produced yep. four or five years ago, which certainly is not enough okay. for now. Ah, uh, but we're we're getting towards that way, but it is hard. If say say you like aging cigars, but you also like smoking the ones that you smoke, you know, if I want if I'm a 700 Maduro smoker, it's going to be hard for me to sit there and put a lot of them aside because I might not be able to get them for a month because of the demand so high and the production schedule's I've been increasing. So I think it's a hard brand. It's been a hard brand for people to age over the last few years, but. It seems when you have scarcity and rarity that that then becomes cigars that get aged. Um, You know, you look at some of the the Cuban auctions out there, uh, things you just can't get, things that were very limited edition, what makes them more limited edition by putting age on them and sitting on them. So, uh, you know, it's a really interesting concept of the aging and different brands would age based on the product themselves and then based off uh, the nature of the business at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I but the one thing, you know, again, with this cigar, too, it's something to always – it's kind of, you know, it's, it's something to always look forward to, too. Uh, I think now it's, you guys have been doing this, I want – like you said, eight years. I mean, the first one you did was that Glendale Super Bowl, right? That that, that was mm-hmm. the one I believe was the first one. Um, and I want to say that one was 2015 that game was played. And really, you guys released the cigar late 2014. So this is like eight years. This is now it's, – it's, it's, it's an annual – Stapled. I think every every cigar enthusiast looks forward to now.
2: Yeah, and we've also done um, three sub versions of it. Oh yeah, the for college. Yep. For college the Reagan ones. Yep. The yeah, Reagan. we've done the uh, we do the cigar game in um, in Al- in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, every other year when the games at home. Uh, that's that's really like a cigar Olympics. <laughs> it's it's impressive. I've never yep. been part of anything like that. There's nothing like it. And I'm really glad the relationships that we have as a company with Reagan and r on a business level, on a personal level, because uh, that's been a fun thing to be invited into. So we've done three kind of sub-concepts run it, uh, obviously not as big of a scale as uh, as an entire state, but uh, but yeah, it's been a really fun project, fun program. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest misconceptions that I get out there, um, I read it quite regularly on uh, Half Wheel every year The Half Wheel comes out with a story, <laughs> they say that it comes out, with um that it's only for the it's for the state that the super bowl is held in and occasionally it's been released in other states like where the teams that have been we've never released it for any other state uh, other than where the super bowl is at um so it it hasn't been released to a teams i i actually got a request from our friends up in pennsylvania i'll say it specifically our friend uh, anthony mazzola he's with holtz Holtz, Uh, he called me up after the eagles won the super bowl which was kind of a a tough subject for me uh, because I'm a <laughs> fan, and it was a great game, man. Uh, but he, but he, God, the me. guts
1: on that guy. <laughs> oh, he, <laughs>
0: was,
2: he calls me and he's like, "Hey, hey, Carney." He's like, "I got a question." He goes, "This is mad and I go, "Okay, yeah, what's up, man so, How you doing?" I go, "Congratulations on the win." He's like, "Hey, would you would you guys be interested in doing a release for us uh, for Pennsylvania and in Philly for the Eagles winning?" He goes, "It would be a great idea if you release the cigar." to the state or the area that the team that won the super bowl. And I said, "Maz, you know what? I go, you're right. That would be a really good idea. I go, however, it'd be really unfair because I'd be releasing it to new England every other year. Um, So we, we didn't do that. um, (laughs) And I got a little jab in there at the same time, Uh, but I I think, I think some people ended up buying, um, buying some other cigars in there because that, that super bowl was in Minnesota. Um, So it was a really interesting dynamic because it was the smallest state in regards to cigar exposure um and also a smaller population state really uh, that that the super bowl had been hosted in so that was a really interesting uh, dynamic of of how to produce that and how many were produced the the georgia ones the the georgia cigar was the one we produced the least of which was the most shocking thing in the planet because it's the fifth largest city it's in like weird, north america
0: weird market atlanta though
2: no. yeah and we sold like 20 percent less to georgia than we did to minnesota and in minnesota we only sold it to 13 of the 15 accounts that were open in business with us in georgia we had 120 accounts and we sold 20 percent less so it was a really interesting dynamic but i'll tell you after that super bowl the week of it everybody called up to get more everyone in georgia they were like oh i need more i need more i need more um so when we encourage people Not to buy heavy just for the sake of selling it. We encourage you to buy heavy because there is a lot of excitement around it. And the excitement, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about, starts when the teams are in it. Yeah. When you find out who's in the Super Bowl, it goes out of control.
0: Yeah. And I think this year, and we're going to get to it, there is a big cigar theme in the Super Bowl this year. Um, We're going to get to, which is always a good thing for the industry because we've seen Mm -hmm. seen it. But I think this is the first year, obviously, with Burrow. you know, in the game where it's it's leading into the game, not so much. You know, I remember when uh, when New England won the game over Atlanta. Uh, was it Atlanta or the Rams when the Padron series came out? It was one of those where he brought it, out? It the-
2: was. Uh, it was when the Patriots beat Atlanta. They, yeah, uh, I thought it was Atlanta. That yeah. Beautiful yeah, was box. The comeback. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And he said they were fifty year year old. Like, Padrones. He was a little wrong on that, but nonetheless, he was gifted that from. Uh, mr padron um on that so so it was a it was a big deal for that um you know it gave the industry the industry always loves getting a little bit of that mainstream exposure all right um so yeah let's kind of let's kind of get into a little football here and we'll, I'm sure we're gonna get back more to cigar talk um so let's kind of look I have a couple of farewells that um and I put question marks with these in the notes and I'm gonna just ask the question point blank we're gonna get to it Jonathan you have kind of brought Some incredible football knowledge, okay, over the years of doing this show. I think none more so than when you picked Cam Newton to go to the to the Patriots before anyone else. And I'm going to give you last year when you broke down Brady's career. I think you were doing that before ESPN was doing that. So they figured. I I still am convinced that ESPN watched last year's show how John Carney broke the Tom Brady career up into three separate careers, three separate Hall of Fame.
1: Well, let's be let's be frank, Coop. Okay. ESPN's run by interns. An right. intern watched this show. Yeah. Pitched it. Now he's got a job, all thanks to John Carney. So
0: congratulations uh, to him, uh, that yeah, kid uh, is. I am I'm going to say this. Yeah. John Carney is the worldwide leader. Okay. And, and the ESPN <laughs> followed there. Okay. It really all did. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to ask this question right up the gate. And we could talk a little about what it means. Is this the end of Tom Brady? Do we see Tom Brady again?
2: I I I would highly, highly doubt it.
0: Okay. I,
2: I've always felt because Brady said about when he got to forty, he said I'd like to play until I'm forty-five, and he essentially did that. He didn't play past forty-five. His birthday's always already right before, is right, in August, right before the season starts. Um, should be a national holiday and and. Should be something that the Catholic Church should uh, <laughs> should look at granting him a saint. Like.
0: Terrence, get to work.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah a, a resident Catholic. Yeah. So <laughs> the, um, the 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 amount of effort that Brady puts into the game year round in his body to be ready to do that, and some people say, "Oh, he cheats this and that." We can talk about that stuff later. With uh, the we'll I just said the ideal gas law, uh, which the NFL is heavy. <laughs> heavily walking back right now um the the mental side of it once you turn that off um it's very different and it's not like he turned it off against his will uh, you know you have a lot of players that retire from the nfl and or they get done playing in the nfl because they got older or the way the collective bargaining agreement works if older players aren't uh, cost more money you could sign three young players at the price of one older player um, you know, and there's some exceptions. If you're a big star in the league, uh, you know, like James Harrison played till he was a little older. He played because when James Harrison signed on your team, uh, it sold jerseys, you know, he has revenue that comes with him. If you're a second tier player in terms of recognition or third tier, when you sign up, you don't sell a lot of jerseys. You don't bring a lot of revenue other than your gameplay on the field. Um, so Brady left, those guys want to play Brady left because he, he and his family decided it was time for him to take the next step. So mentally that step's very different. He he cognitively turned the off switch. Now I don't think he's ever going to fully turn it off. I think it's probably something you can think about. He did mention today, I believe that never say never, Uh, but I would, I would highly doubt it um, that he would come back would have to be a perfect situation. And there's not a lot of those and not a lot of guarantees. And the more time he takes off, the more of that time that gets filled doing other things. So uh, I, I would highly doubt it if he left, you know, Brett Favre, well, you know, I, Bear and I were talking back and forth about this. Mm-hmm. When Brett Favre left, he didn't leave Green Bay because he really wanted to. He left Green Bay because Green Bay was like AR-12 is here and the guy's going to play. Um, and he won the Super Bowl quickly. Uh, you know, he was more talented than Favre was at that point in his career. Um, so Favre kind of stuck around. And had he not had the situation where he was taking pictures of his genitals and sending it to lady, uh, the lady reporter, he might have tried to play another season. He outplayed what he needed to do. And then, you know, he kind of left not on his own terms. So it was kind of a situation where he kept coming back because he really wasn't done playing. Um, you know, he was kind of being forced along. Brady, a very different approach. He chose to press the off button. Whether he wanted to do it or not, he was the
0: one, after Adam Schefter did it for him, that hit the switch. Were you were you surprised? Did this catch you? Did you think he may come back for one more year? You did, was there anything that you sensed this year that he might that he might retire
2: after the game? After the game was over and they lost, and he walked off the field. I, my my father was watching the game with me, and I said to him, "I said he's done." He's like, "Yeah, I think so too." I I just I, I he came back this year because I think he might have been done last year if they lost if they didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, he came back this year because they won the Super Bowl. They had the entire team coming back. There was an extra game in the season. So in his mind, we can try to run the table here and win more games than anybody else has won. And we can try to win another Super Bowl if everyone stays healthy. Yep. And I'll tell you, they were really one, they were one player away. They were an Antonio Brown talent. And him, he kind of screwed Brady by throwing that little fit indirectly, whether that's what he was intending on doing or they were Chris Godwin away from uh, from winning that game. I mean, the way they came back at the end, uh, you know, they wouldn't have had to come back like that if they had just one more gifted, talented guy out there making things happen. Uh, because it was really Gronk and Mike Evans, and nobody else was really doing much on offense. And their offensive line sucked uh, at the end. They had a lot of injuries. They did. Uh, you know, the injury bug hit them hard. Um, but – he came back to try to win one again because the team was coming. If he'd lost the year before, I think he might have uh, he might have taken a step back and really considered it further. But I think it was an easy decision for him to make that because, hey, the team's coming back. Let's try to win another one and make some more history. And then it was over. And I think he, he put everything that he could into that one, uh, you know, and that his family was willing to do. And then he's decided against it. So I wasn't shocked. I've been preparing for it. Um, it was sad, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't upset. I was happy. I know there were some people that were in new England and Tom Brady fans that were upset. I mean, it was awesome. Like what a, what a great 22 years I've been watching him since I was in high school. Uh, you know, it was amazing. Does,
0: does he retire the MVP this year? I think he ought to be the MVP. I mean, uh, I get, if you, you looked know, at how I, the
2: regular season was, he, I agree. he led the league I, in touchdown passes, led yeah. in yards. Um, he had one of the most efficient seasons, he had a better season, even without the extra game yeah. than he had in other previous years that he won, uh, Than he won, uh, that, you know, that his teams won the super bowl. Um, that team was really about Tom Brady, a hundred percent. Uh, you know, it wasn't like early in his career where they, you had transcended defenses, uh, you know, his first few super bowls, the defense was really good. And he made a lot of good decisions and he was, he's a great, he was, he was a great player at that time. Um, he wasn't making mistakes, and he made the things that he needed to do to win the game on offense. But it's a two-sided game. Um, the defense was was the heart of those teams. Uh, this year it was all about Brady, so I, I think he ought to be the MVP. Honestly, in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP. Brady ought to win it. It's a quarterback award. If they were given the award outright, Cooper Cup deserves cool, but the yeah, MVP. That, I, I that guy's agree. Ridiculous. I'm, I'm he totally. Had best, he had, in yeah. my opinion, arguably the best wide receiver season that we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I. And Jamar and I agree. Chase.
2: Jamar yeah. Chase wasn't far behind him as a rookie.
0: No, no, I am. I am hundred percent in alignment with that analysis uh, as far as that goes. And, and it, look they all three of those guys had had incredible seasons. Uh, and I, you know, I've always been the one to try to take take the Brady, the the, the shot at Brady. I, I can't. And um, he had a great year. Um, <laughs> and you know, great to see. You know, not many guys. I mean, you can you can win a Super Bowl coming out like Peyton Manning did. But I think no one will say the caliber of the way Tom Brady played in in his final season is probably as rare as any of the rare accomplishments that Brady did, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? You don't see a lot of guys in football retire at that level. And certainly, you know, I don't I can't remember uh, Barry Sanders. Yes, but different circumstances completely. So um, so, you know, not Calvin Johnson. They yeah, at the top Calvin the Johnson.
2: Game. Yeah, different circumstances. But you you look at the the all time yeah. greats. Yeah. Like him. I mean, not just the all. Michael Jordan didn't even get to go
0: out like that. No, Michael yeah. Jordan those he years with the Wizard was awful. Yeah, he could have, but
2: he didn't. Uh, and uh, the awful,
0: awful, awful, stretch, man. Yeah, it was.
2: But, yeah, it was sad. Jordan. I mean, Jordan was Jordan's the, is a big, yeah, probably yeah, the biggest celebrity yeah. in the world. Brady, in terms of football, is is a Michael Jordan of yeah. football. And he, he gets a, he literally yeah. got to go on in his own yeah. terms. And he had one of his best seasons ever, in the yeah. last season of his career. It was it was a really impressive year. Yeah. But Cooper Cup's the MVP. Yeah. Rogers is gonna win it. Brady's gonna finish second, Cup's third.
0: Yeah, I I think that's gonna be uh, the way it went. You know, one thing I'll ask you, and then Bear, I know you probably have some stuff too. Um, so I apologize if I'm monopolizing this piece. The whole the whole thing about okay, so I was this is what I was surprised about. I thought Brady was going to sign that do that one day thing with the Patriots and and cuz Montana did this he went to Kansas City for 2 years and then he signed the one day contract with San Francisco to retire. That caught me by a little by surprise <laughs> that maybe there was a little more tension with the Patriots and Brady than than a lot of people thought. Um but I thought oh, he was going to oh, go do that. I thought he was going to sign oh, that one salty. day contract. He's definitely salty. Yeah, and, there's definitely definitely um,
2: yeah and i don't think it by the way the fact that he's salty doesn't change how important the patriots are to him sure it just shows how important that it was to him and it's obvious there's 20 of the 22 years but absolutely he's salty yeah he knew that he already thanked the patriots when he left it was a great thank you and whatever beautiful so when he retired it was like i already said thank you now i can kind of rub it into him a little bit and i'm gonna force them to come back and be real classy which Craft was classy with sure. his response. They yeah. immediately put out responses. Belichick put one out, uh, called. Them. I mean, it was a back and forth. You're the greatest ever. I'm the you know, you're no coach, you're the greatest ever. It was great stuff, but absolutely he's salty. I mean, he's talked about it how he, you know, he he that's where he wanted in his career, that's where he wanted to be. Things didn't quite work out the way that it should have, yeah. uh, you know, in his eyes. So yeah, and, and by the way, I don't blame him. Grid. No, he, he worked his butt off to be able to be salty. So when people are like, oh, I can't believe he, you know, he crapped on New England. That's, he didn't crap on them. He just didn't thank them. And he wasn't going after me as a fan. He was going after them. And by the way, all of us felt the same way for the most part. That's kind of how it went down. So, hey, I'm, I'm in the road, and, uh, and I'm going to snub you on the way out. Um, but it doesn't matter because you can't snub the Patriots. It's 20 years of his career. Sure, He, you, was, a, yeah. he was a rented player. On a, with a really good roster, and they won a Super Bowl, and it was great. You know, 95% of Brady's accolades in his career are in New England. He's a Patriot again. I read this piece online. It doesn't matter what was said, it doesn't matter if he's salty. At the end of the day, Tom Brady's a New England Patriot, and that's how he's going <laughs> to retire. And it doesn't matter what goes from there. I mean, he will, there's going to be a day here very soon, in the next several months, next season where it's like Tom Brady day streets are going to get named after him. Yep. They're going to go nuts in the stadium. People, kids are going to take school off. It's going to be a national holiday in new England and he's going to be celebrated and it's going to be amazing. And everything's going to be right again. Uh, but in that time, yeah, be salty. It's yeah, absolutely go for it. I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I love passing. I, the
0: I, and, and by the way, I don't, you know, I, 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 you know me, I always find the way to pick on Brady. I, I'm not picking on Brady on this one. Um, and I think I think and I, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you on that as well. You know, he did his he did. He did say goodbye to New England. Uh, look, there are a lot of there are a lot of New England fans who, who stood behind him for two years. Um, and that that's that was I don't know if I ever remember another athlete in sports where that happened with. I mean, I was really, I was actually thinking about this. Well, before. it
1: probably would have if, but I mean, this is the only time we've ever seen someone actually leave and still stay at the top of their game. It's not like Emmett yeah. Smith going to the Cardinals, yeah, and then gets the record. I mean, yeah, Cowboys fans, I think, were happy for him to get the record, but with the Cardinals and everything. It didn't but I happen- mean, I mean, yeah, but- he was a
0: shell of himself. You just mentioned Jordan. It- but it didn't happen you know- with the Bulls fans. The Bulls fans didn't go become Wizards fans day one, is what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, but you also gonna look, I mean, at that point, it was Jordan had retired. And probably could have stuck around because he retired at the top of his game. If he stuck around a couple more years, and they put kept that team together, they probably win a couple more championships. But the the only other way to describe it is, I mean, he spent it would be like Jordan leaving the Bulls and not retiring, and then going to another team and winning. Like you're gonna be a Jordan fan still, and Jordan transcends all of it because even the people that that and Brady will this in time. But I mean, Jordan got booed everywhere, but everybody loved him. I mean, nobody doesn't doesn't have a positive thing to say about watching michael jordan play basketball the only other comparison would be like you know brady played his entire career there went somewhere else and then won a championship where and then new england was terrible uh you know it was just for the very next year they win the super he wins the super bowl um and then you've got the the only other comparison to be like a lebron james but he jumps around, he's jumped around several so times changed. in his career yeah. in his prime to different teams so he's spent just as much time on other teams as he did in Cleveland, so it's a really different thing. Um, if you explain people that you know that are at the top of their game, um, it's it, there isn't anything like it. It, it you know yeah. it could have been well, Joe
1: Montana if he went to the Chiefs and won a Super Bowl, but it didn't happen. No. Well, for all the salt that Tom Brady carries with him and everything, that chip on his shoulder and everything, <laughs> like he's not as polarizing as a LeBron James. No. You know, like you well, said, J- Jordan transcends it. Yeah. Jordan transcends it too. Like Jordan, no one yeah no one looked back no one can look back on watching jordan and saying that he sucked or like he wasn't the like he wasn't what everyone knows him to be you know there's there's brady and him or it kind of i I wouldn't put brady i gotta watch my words carefully here i i I wouldn't necessarily put brady in that jordan-esque like echelon but i mean he's close i mean i mean he's greatest of of this particular sport you know the greatest champion you know arguably the greatest player and um and it's but it's interesting like i like i think for all the people that don't like him i I think in a couple years they're it's gonna have that jordan feel i don't know how you feel about it john like i think people are gonna look back at this like i remember watching the comeback against atlanta and my brother and I weren't together. My brother was we were texting each other. watching this. He's like, holy shit, man. What are we watching? I said, you're watching the greatest of all time. Just sit back and watch and enjoy this.
0: We, we almost saw that we're again. We're never going to see it again. We almost saw it again this year. How how, <clears throat> how strange is that? That, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, think about Tampa being well, down in that game. It was 27 to 3, right? The yeah.
2: reason Jordan transcended it so much quicker is because he was also violently charismatic. Um Brady's charismatic. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's a little bit quirky compared to Jordan's very normal. Um, you want to be like Mike? He's just he's normal in the way you interact. Cause he's on TV. He you every time you hear him talk, he, he's speaking from his mind. All the commercials, um, everything. I like the songs. I want to be like Mike. It wouldn't if if they did a I want to be like Brady. I want to be like Brady, dude. It'd be like it'd be a joke on SNL. Like that's how yeah. it would happen. Um, You know, so Jordan was very, very charismatic, whereas Brady isn't that type of guy, but he is very charismatic. He's a star. Um, and but he's you know, his winning is such a level that we've never seen before that we're going to get to learn a little bit more about him and see a little bit more about him after. And then once you take away the competitive side of it, you know, then people start to endure a little bit more towards it. I, I think the closest thing we would have seen, we'll never see anything like Michael Jordan ever again. Um, especially in these times where you have everybody on social media. I mean, one of the big things with Jordan is we never—you know—he didn't have a Twitter account. That if something came up, you got to hear what his opinion was. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know what LeBron James—I I personally like LeBron James. I do too. I know what his opinion is on Me everything. Too. I don't, agree, if, with I don't, and I don't know, agree with
0: it. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with LeBron. I don't agree opinion. with a lot yeah. of them, but yeah. I agree with
2: a lot. I do agree with a lot of them too. I think he's a very philanthropic. I think he gives a lot of money and charity to I schools win. and kids. Yeah. The guy's yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, he's he's you don't hear a bunch of crap about him out there, uh, you know, acting up maybe he is. But I don't know. We don't hear it. Yeah. Um. But, you know, we're well, not think... going to see anything like that. But in the NFL, if you took Brady's statistics and his accolades, records and championships and gave those to Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning would be like a Michael Jordan. Yeah. For the NFL, just because of how charismatic he is. 100%. Naturally, yeah. uh, that that would be that. Now, he doesn't have that. So he's not. He's huge because of the charisma that he has, but he had all of that. Peyton Manning, with all—if you put Peyton Manning and Brady together, they would it would be the biggest star in the history of sports.
1: All Right? It's the it's his affability. Like you know, Jordan has this affability that's just like he—he's just like you mentioned. He's just good natured. He's a normal person. He seems like someone that you could carry a conversation with. Like Brady Lebron, if we're like we're 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 kind of throwing a couple of these people in here. Okay, And I'll even throw Rogers into this. Like, they don't have that approachability. Like, I, I mean, I i like all those guys. I could totally see myself going up to Michael Jordan and having a conversation. I don't know if I could do it with those other guys as easily. Um, it's they just they just don't have that approachability. They don't have that good naturedness to them. And I, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with I mean, I think there's a lot of that has to do with the fact that we grew up watching them. John, you and I, and, and, and to, to, you know, a little bit lesser extent, uh, Coop, you were, you know, you were, a you were a young adult when Jordan was in his heyday. Um, but I think it's because we grew up with him a little bit. And like I said, I think time's going to do Brady a lot of favors mm-hmm. in this, in this regard. And, 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 and perhaps LeBron too. Um, but I think that that's, that's just, 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 just part of his personality. I've always liked it. Um, I've always liked Brady pissed off. I've always liked Aaron Rodgers pissed off when they're mad. They pay better. Uh, they've always had that ship on their shoulder. Like they've had something to prove and I fucking love it because they go out and they just, they kill everybody.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you think guys think, but I don't think this is the last we see of Tom Brady in football. I think he's going to take a little time off, but I think there'll, there'll be some capacity. He comes back in, in this game in the next five years.
2: Oh, he's definitely going to be around the game. I mean, it's, it's just, it's who he is and what, yeah. what brought him to where he's at. If he were to totally step away from it, that would be neglecting his biggest financial asset uh, that he has and that he built for himself. Um, so it would be insane for him to totally step yep. away. Yeah, I mean, become and come away from, it. I don't know what capacity he does that in, but uh, he's going My. to be involved in the game and he's going to be involved. In the and by the way, I think that's probably kind of why the NFL is walking back this deflate gate thing a little bit. Oh, and yeah. Talking about how, how hey, babe, maybe maybe uh, maybe maybe the balls got flat because it was 10 degrees outside. And and then, oh, the NFL secretly tested footballs for the rest of the year. And then the results were the same as they would have been in New England. And Isn't then we it funny all know that, timing, that our yep. tires, that the tire sensors on our truck, my tire sensor on my truck, in Orlando lost four pounds of PSI because the temperature dropped 25 degrees the other day. So I'm not an idiot. I don't need to be a scientist or be Bill Nye uh, to know that the ideal gas law, when it's cold out, things that are inflated with air uh, lose pounds of PSI. So that's they're walking it back take, a little bit. And and it's just not a good situation for the NFL to have this lingering over it. And I think it's the right thing for them to walk this back on a guy that's been a face of their league for 22 years.
0: Yeah, I, I believe, yeah. I believe though he'll. They still look foolish though. They still look like it's, it's, they still. It's, it's, it's such a bad team. T- oh yeah, it, they do. They do oh, oh, God, it's it's look Look, If Brady, the whole thing I think that really hurt him was was how he handled the deflate thing. He had to do a couple things that he did because he basically, you know, he basically stood. I don't know. He it's we won't get into that. That's something. Yeah. He
2: thought it was a he thought it was a joke. At he first, thought it was a joke he, he thought, thought it was, it was a a ridiculous joke. because the nfl allowed those quarterbacks yeah. to do whatever they want to do with the footballs and then all of a sudden the one issue they have is about the air in the ball yeah. on yeah. top of all the other stuff they probably did to yeah. so second the other embarrassing thing about it is <clears throat> is it's ridiculous so he thought it was a joke he didn't get suspended because it deflated footballs he got suspended because he didn't cooperate with the league, because he's phone like, phone. hell this... no, yeah. I'm not <laughs> giving you my cell phone. you are not the... getting my cell phone, and you can't have it. You take yeah. me to court. You cannot have my cell phone. And the court said you can't have a cell phone. Yep. So they got rid of him for they got suspended him for not cooperating.
0: But he still won his privacy. Yeah. He, still, yeah, won the he still won the Super Bowl. Yeah, he yeah. still won the because Super Bowl. They pissed him off. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> got four got four weeks off the rest. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but no, I think because I said I don't think we see the. I think it will be an ownership role. I don't see him as a broadcaster. I don't see him doing a Brady cast. And I certainly don't see him coaching. So, um, And, and I, I don't see him as a GM. I actually don't see him as a GM. Either. I see uh, this as TB 12,
1: no. Does TB12 become a global brand like Air Jordan? That's the question. No. That's what I think.
2: I, I don't think so. No. And neither does Brady brand. It's just, it's not Air Jordan, man. That's the biggest thing we'll it, ever see.
1: So it's just, so yeah. Air, yeah. So, so Jordan's the, so Air Jordan, just it's the anomaly. It's the exception to a rule. It's the, it's the outlier. Like no one's ever going to be able to, to, to come up with some kind of branding that could even come close. Like not top it. I, I think that's an accurate take. There's, there's nobody that can, that can put their face or their name or their likeness on a brand and elevate it to that kind of level. Because if you're saying that Tom Brady can't do it, then nobody can.
0: But he, but Tom, but Jordan had Nike and it was, I, I you know, and, it, and that was, that all happened while he was playing is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's gonna be harder for that to happen now. Um, and then I just think still well, basketball then, is the,
2: the dynamic ahead. with. Yeah. The dynamic with athletes has really changed though. I mean, we saw the thing with the, um, the ball brothers when LeVar is, but, uh, the father oh tried talk, talk about,
1: talk about a joke, yeah. the
2: big baller brand. But that the reason he did that is because, in my opinion, he saw athletes starting to do their own branding and cutting a cutting a part of the middleman out. Right. So you know Brady does the Brady brand brand that's still made by a manufacturer that probably manufacturers' clothes for a lot of these lines. But they took their clout and went to them and started the Brady brand, which is essentially kind of what happened with Jordan. Jordan had the Nike thing. And then they realized that this is a great brand opportunity. And then the Jordan brand became the biggest part of Nike and he owns it, um, you know, essentially. And, you know, so I think you're going to see more of that going forward where you see these brand, these brands that are related to a person that go directly to a manufacturer that are uh, without the main brand on it. You can slowly see it happening with the rock and Under Armour um, with the rock project and things like that. Uh, you know, that's people are relating a little bit more to that side. Like I know that the rock project and the rock brand is Under Armour. And I know that Jordan is involved with Nike. Uh, and, you know, I it, whenever you can go direct to that, there's just more personal connection with the, with the brand and the person. So I think you're going to see more of that. Uh, but I also think at the same time, that stops from being as global, because you have these massive corporations, you have to become as big as like a Jordan brand to tra- again, to transcend the size of those big companies,
0: which is tough. I, I, I agree. Let's, let's turn to our teams, which we always kind of touch on. Um, and we'll kind of continue with the Patriots team uh, with John. Um, and let's first hit, um, you know, just state of the team this year. Um, I'll eat crow right now. I was completely wrong on Mac Jones. Um, guy, I was everything I said about him. I was wrong. The guy had a great year. I think you have a quarterback for the next, for a while. I think you, you he's going to have maybe a few more rough patches, but I think you, new England's found a, a quarterback for a while.
2: I, I like Mac Jones a lot. Being a Bama fan, obviously I like Mac uh, for that. Um, I, I have an interesting take on this. I do think we have a quarterback uh, for the future, for sure. Um, And the way the NFL plays out, it's going to be lend itself to a player like Mac Jones really well. Um, But Belichick's getting older, and he's going to win a Super Bowl without Brady. And I don't know, man. I've said some pretty hot takes on this with some friends. I, I say you take Mac Jones and a draft pick, and you send it to Seattle, and you bring Russell Wilson in. Or you take a draft pick, or you try to go talk to Aaron Rodgers and get him to come for a year and win a freaking Super Bowl. Um, and then you're Bill Belichick and then you walk off into the sunset. Uh, so you get, I, if you have an opportunity to get one of those guys, and I think Russell Wilson still has the capability of, of leading a team and winning a Super Bowl, Um, you know, I think he's if given the option to have one game played with Mac Jones or Russell Wilson. I think we'd all pick Russell Wilson. Right. Um, so I, I would love for them to go after one of those players. I don't think they're going to. But if they happen to do it, that means that Belichick's getting close to being really close to being done. And he's taking one big effort and he's going to let him figure it out after. Um, this, McDaniels yeah. is gone. Some of his guys are gone. So if he tries to do that or there's any rumblings of it, that means he's getting not desperate because the greatest of all time doesn't need to be desperate. But he would like to get one more Super Bowl uh, without Brady there just to, uh, to be salty in reverse. <laughs> um, so I, I, would, I would say if I'm the Pats and I'm Belichick, I'm making some, I'm making some calls and seeing if Rogers is interested and I'm making some calls to see if a Russell Wilson's interested in coming to play.
0: You, you yeah. know what a blockbuster that would be. Not only would we have something to talk about on next year's show, right? You said that, but could you imagine the, the shock waves in the NFL? If, if that oh. happened?
2: Oh. Look, out of control.
0: Look, listen, if. Look,
1: I'm, I, I, I'm a Russell Wilson fan. I am not because I fucking hate the Seahawks. (laughs) I I, I, I would, I would stay, I would stab ice picks into the eyes of Pete Carroll. If I had the opportunity, like just fucking hate that guy. So anyone that takes any, if we could take a good character guy, a fantastic football player out of, uh, out of Seattle and Russell Wilson and have him win the Bowl with a real coach. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all in on that. Let's, let's make that happen. Um, as far as as far as Rogers going over to uh, to the Patriots, um, I mean, that's that, that is an interesting take. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't want to go play for 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 Belichick, uh, you know, a star quarterback like Rogers or Wilson? I, I mean, if that phone call comes to them, I mean, the answer is hell yes in a heartbeat. But I'll have a heart take on top of your hot take, John, if Rogers goes to the Patriots. He's not going to win a Super Bowl, and I'll tell you why. It's not because Bill Pelichek's not the greatest coach of all time, and it's not because Rodgers isn't, isn't an incredible quarterback or the Patriots isn't a good team. It's because he won't be mad. He won't be angry anymore. You need Rogers pissed off, man. So... Unless you can figure out a way to trade for him, and then Bill Belichick like benches him for the first week or something for something stupid, and then, then it, he's then he's pissed co- off. Makes him
2: compete against Brian Hoyer for the starting job. Yeah, there you go. And then <laughs> that all that. I really don't. I don't off. think that realistically is going to happen just because of the amount of money they would have to kind of tie uh, untie to do that. The biggest issue with Rogers is his contract needs. He's going to be. You're going to have to dump like a quarter of a billion dollars on the guy, and I just don't think that's happening. So I don't think that's realistic. I think Russell Wilson's one that potentially be realistic. Right. And that uh, would be, would be very interesting. And, um, and he would, uh, I, another thing that's really interesting about that. I don't think Belichick and Pete Carroll are like tight. I just don't really think so. I think the fact that Pete Carroll was there and has some history around Belichick being with the Patriots and not there. And then hmm. with, um, you know, with um, uh, Bill uh, Parcells,
1: it's I, I Bill think Belichick's I a think, decent human being at heart and Pete Carroll's just not human. So, yeah, yeah. I think, that I makes think, sense.
2: I think Pete, Belichick, I mean, would love to you know grind grind gears, and get Pete Carroll working a little bit. But uh, so it'll be interesting to see where. What was the what was the topic? What, what was we talking about? Our players,
1: your our your teams. teams, our teams.
2: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I feel comfortable with the Patriots. Um, obviously, the offensive line's an issue, and it has been. It was better than it was last year. Um, they were really good, and they had some injuries, so that shouldn't be an issue. The, the they took care of the tight end issue in the offseason. season. Um, John U. Smith's ridiculous, and Hunter Henry is ridiculous. Um, it's the best one-two tight end combination in the league, and they both know how to block, which is what I've been talking about for years For the last three years on the show. Even when Brady was there, the tight ends just couldn't block. They're one dynamic receiver away from having a really good offense um, and being excellent. Um, if they can keep Jacoby Myers, a guy like Bourne, a few of the other guys, and get and get a, a reasonable receiver, maybe even just a little bit older, I uh, think get somebody good to be a number one guy uh, that offense would be excellent. And they're going to need the offense mm-hmm. because when you play the bills for the next five years, you're going to have to put up 40 to beat those guys. Yep. If the weather's not like 10 degrees and it's like 80 mile an hour winds. I mean, you're going to have to, you're to score a ton of points
0: to beat the bills.
2: Does bill O'Brien go back
0: and run this offense next year?
2: Absolutely, one hundred percent. I think that's a that's a that's an what do you call him? Your not your iron cloud, your lock. Stone a, stone you, cold lead pop. Stone lock. cold yeah. lock. There's no way Bill O'Brien doesn't end up there. And I would tell you, Brian Flores, I could see Brian Flores coming back too. There, the Belichick uh, always loved the guy. Um, I just don't know if the NFL is going to let anybody touch him when he's going through the lawsuit thing, which is. Uh, which is crazy that, the, that he's not a head coach in the NFL. Uh, the Dolphins, I mean, what a joke. Uh, when, he got, when he got let go, I was like, what are you talking about? And nothing that Brian Flores has said that happened in Miami is unbelievable to me. Like, it, absolutely the owner of the Dolphins offered him 100 grand to lose per game. Absolutely. Why would he make that up? don't you don't make that up. That was definitely said. Yeah, he doesn't.
1: It's not like he needs to. I mean, the case is pretty ironclad without that ridiculousness. Brian
2: Flores is one of the most respected coaches in the league. And that nothing negative was ever said about him until he got to Miami and they started treating him like garbage because the team sucks and the ownership sucks. But yeah, Bill O'Brien, 100%, stone cold block, coming back, running the offense, absolutely
1: 100%. If if the NFL doesn't touch him, if the NFL doesn't touch Flores – Nick Saban, Nick Saban brings him in to do some consulting.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, here's the thing with Bill O'Brien.
2: Now that what's his face is gone to McDaniels has gone to the Raiders. This is Bill O'Brien's in to get a head coaching job, potentially with the Patriots. Because yep. Belichick's not going to coach into his mid seventies. Right. Um. So Bill O'Brien can come back, run that offense, do that. And, and, you know, he can start rebuilding and potentially take over that Patriots team and he would be a good successor uh, to that program, I think. And I think Belichick would probably obviously consult in some capacity later on, or at least have some input on what was going on with the team, uh, with the craft family. So yeah, Bill
0: O'Brien, 100% coming back. Absolutely. Stone cold luck. Here we go. You heard it here. So let's kind of, I want to get, I want to touch on, we're going to touch more on Flores and the giants, but let's kind of, I want, we, we already touched a little bit on, uh the Packers bear. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, all I'm gonna say is, I'm gonna stand by this one though. What I said, Matt Lafleur is not a big game coach. He's not. He is. A, he's a great regular season. He's Marty Schottenheimer. He's Don okay. Coriel, Um, he's 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 guys who can uh, Chuck Knox, guys who can win a lot of regular season games, but in big January games, he has. It's been one thing after another with him. Um, let's, let's get one thing
1: straight. Let's get one. Well, let me, you finish your take. Okay. you Finish your take.
0: Yeah. No, that, that's my take is look, I'm not saying they should fire the guy. I'm just saying as of now, he is three years in a row. He has flopped in a big spot. Um, something's direct with him. Something's indirect, but he's, you know, if he didn't, I'm curious if he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, if he starts winning all those games, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Well, he
1: absolutely doesn't win as many games as he does. <laughs> absolutely not. it's, yeah, it's, absolutely it's not. Aaron Rodgers. But, they, I mean, there you go. Goes... Exactly.
0: Well, I keep, well, I've been told shit, how what a genius dude, this guy. But it's I've been told, so like... hard.
2: It's but it's so hard. To, Koof, I, it's so hard to make that take because, like, you take you take one of the top yeah. top five players, arguably top two, every year for the last five years right. off the team, and like absolutely that's going to create losses. <clears throat> I don't know. And you can say, "Well, now Lafleur is not doing a good coaching job." <laughs> well, well, of course not. Like nobody's a better alternative. There's zero people now that Brady's retired that are at all better alternative to to Aaron Rodgers. It just doesn't exist.
0: You put Bill Belichick. Like, there's, there's
2: not a better player. There's, so, there's you do not win more games without Aaron Rodgers. So that, yeah. in my opinion, the number one priority needs to be getting that guy back. And then LaFleur and the, the team can figure out uh, I, the other issues, which they did with the with the special teams, which the only reason they lost the games are the special teams is an absolute like comedy act. Right. right. But, yeah, to say, like, oh, would they win? Is he a great – he I, he doesn't play the game. So, yeah, he's not a great coach without Aaron Rodgers. He could be good, and maybe somebody else steps up in there, but he's going to be worse without Rodgers
0: no matter what. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I just say if you had Belichick there, he would have uh... – Green Bay would have had a Super Bowl during these last three years.
1: So um, cool. you named so you named Marty Schmari Schartenheimer, Chuck Knox. What was the other guy?
0: Uh, Don Coryell.
1: OK, so uh, Matt LaFleur has uh, had uh, has has a, has a better regular season record than all of them. He uh, does. In their first four in their, their first he, four seasons. And so, he does. Yes, I'll give the, you that. No, OK, so so he's not them. He's better than them. So that's point number one. Point number two, but
2: those guys also didn't have Aaron Rodgers.
1: Point number two, yeah. All those built programs, keeping that in mind. Point number two is that, um, the guy is like also like three and a half years old. So like, (laughs) if we're gonna doom him to being like not a big game coach three years into coaching, that that's I mean that's I guess in second Super Bowl, though he's younger. Okay. Well. Are we are we saying are we talking of are we comparing him to other coaches or are we just talking about Matt
0: LaFleur? Let's just talk Matt LaFleur. I'm not gonna do If we coaches, thing. we're if yeah, we right.
1: compare coaches, then Bill Belichick is the, is the better coach yeah, okay. than Matt LaFleur. Yeah. So uh, I mean, you know how, but Matt LaFleur Matt LaFleur is a phenomenal regular season coach. He has proven that yes he has he had that has he had the quarterback behind and, him he and he did, and he did he a great lost, year
0: this year. He did a great year in the regular season this year. I'm not taking yeah. that away from him.
1: So, yeah, I think I think what I think what needs to happen, um, I think what needs to happen, like everything, like let's let's we have been spoiled by John Carney and the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, because we think that winning a Super Bowl is easy because we've seen the same guy and the same team do it over and over again. It's hard to win big games. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. Okay. Unless you catch lightning in a bottle or catch a football against your helmet, like we would have thinking winning the Super Bowl was 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 like the easiest thing in the world because Tom Brady would have two more under his belt. And we would have thought it was incredibly easy. It's not easy to win. It's not easy. Like every we they, what's the phrase? Any given Sunday, right? Any given Sunday, you can either win or you can lose. And you're talking about two, you're talking about playing the very best in the league in the playoffs. So it's an incredibly difficult task. That being said, this particular last loss was not on the floor. Um, it has been in the past. He's made some questionable decisions. I've, I've, made on that the field. Very, I've made that very clear. I've made that very clear. And I've agreed with that point, but I think that, I think that what we're seeing is the very beginning of an, a very good, um, to arguably great future uh, career coach here with Matt Lafleur,
0: Barrett's going to go one of two ways. It's going to go the Andy Reid way, which he Andy Reid had the same issue. All right, the first four four or five years in Philadelphia, right. And in fact, he he got he only got the one Super Bowl with them, right. And then he had success. Or it's going to be what I would say the Don Coriel way, where it just never works, and and Don Coriel just doesn't even.
2: But look, you said something about. McVeigh, <laughs> look at the teams that McVay's had and look at the team he has this year. All right, so name one player on the Green Bay Packers defense that's better than Aaron Donald. They can't
0: there's not.
2: No, no. All he right, and then next him. name yeah. name one on that defense that's better than Von Miller. There's not. Right. Name one, name a cornerback that's better on that team than Jalen Ramsey. There's not. So they have three players. That don't exist just on the defensive side. Now, there's one player that's better than all of the players on that team, and it's Aaron Rodgers. Yep. But you don't have that on the other side. You have three, the next three best players are on the defense. And then we both, well, all three of us said that Cooper Cup should be the MVP. No, right. no, not saying Devonte Adams isn't talented.
1: Yeah, I was gonna like, say the equivalent is Devonte Adams. Yeah, and,
2: Adams. That... and and we just said that Cooper Cup could be the MVP. And I, so then we say that so Devonte Adams might be better than Odell Beckham, right? All right, cool. And then he might be better, but then, but then they also, they just have a crazy team. And then Stafford is a top 10 player in the league. So you have a top 10 player. You have arguably the best player in the league on your offense and another top 10 guy. You got a top 15 wide receiver when he's not being a diva and Beckham. And then you have three of the best defenders who are just either in their prime or just slightly, slightly over their prime. Um, so it's, you know, Sean McVay's team is crazy. And by the way, they're going to suck in about a year and a half. If they mm-hmm. win this year, they're going to be okay next year. And the year after they be done because they're not going to have any frigging money oh, to pay any
0: of these the guys. No question. No question. They, they went all in on that one.
2: Uh-huh. And the Patriots did too. In the last year they won the Super Bowl. They went all in on defense. They yeah. overpaid on everybody for defense. That's why they overpaid at corner. They overpaid everywhere. And then they would have been probably pretty decent last year. Their defense would have been decent. Then COVID hit, and you had some people sit out uh, that were looking forward, you know, to the future of their careers. And you got to see how good that defense was this year. Uh, so it was really interesting. But you know, I think Lafleur is a good coach. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a really good coach because Aaron Rodgers is there. It makes him look really good. But I'd like to see him coach without him. It's if if the gauge is. If LaFleur doesn't do equally as good and win big games without Aaron Rodgers, then we're gonna get rid of him. Matt LaFleur is gonna get fired in the next five years.
0: If not before. I agree because with you.
2: Because he's not like when Rodgers is gone, he's gonna lose yeah. more games.
0: Yeah. I agree with you on that. That part I totally agree. So um
1: yeah, I mean to, to Carney's point, like the the defense, I mean the defense caught lightning in a bottle with a couple of uh with a couple of really great players. Um, you know, they you know, Rasul Douglas, I mean uh, you know, practice squad player got kicked around twice before the, before the league actually started the season. And then he comes on and he, you know, he single-handedly wins two games in the closing minutes himself. Um, you know, Jair Alexander is probably the closest to the Jalen Ramsey comparison, but he's not as Carney pointed out a minute ago, Eric Stokes had a great rookie season. I was, I was questioning that draft pick last year, but he was really good. good pick, good pick. Um, Yeah. Rashawn Gary finally turned a corner. Zazaria Smith was out injured all season long. Preston Smith took a little bit of a step back. We never got to see what Whitney Merciless would have done when we picked up that veteran, um, uh, that veteran talent off of the Texans waiver wire, you know, he got hurt and was able to do it. (coughs) Kenny Clark dominated the center again. So, I mean, like some, I mean, some good, very, I would say good to very good players on the defense, but again, to Carney's point, like comparing to the team that ultimately did go uh, to uh, in league uh, to represent the NFC, uh, in the uh, Super Bowl, it's just non comparison on that side of the football, but equally so let's look at the offensive side of the football. We talked about Cooper Cup. So yes, uh, a step above Devonte Adams, but after that, after this is just the receiving cord, the number two, the number two receiver, uh, Alan Lazard, who was hurt and hurt, was out for COVID for a couple of weeks during the season, same with times with Marta, Marquez, Val, Marquez valdez Scandling. Randall Cobb experience, you know, was, it was a great reunion for the, for him and Rogers to be together. But I mean, these are, these are fourth string, fifth string guys on any other team. They're, they're pulling second string duty uh, with Rogers, you know, Um, Aaron Jones is a, is an unbelievable talent, right? I mean, he's, but he's still not on that level of like Kamara from the saints, you know? Um, And I mean, and he's not Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon's a better player uh, than Aaron Jones are. I know that's a pretty hot take coming from the Packer fan than I am, but I think, I think Mixon's a better all, all around player. I mean, I think they're both incredible talents, but um, you know, it's just, I think, I think what LaFleur did is in, in terms of coaching this year. Yes. He had Aaron Rodgers. That was the, that was the magic wand. Um, but um i i think i think it was incredible i think they outplayed the they outplayed what their their talent level is for the second year in a row frankly um and they got into a position to where they could have they could have you know made a made a you know made a run inside the playoffs but the nfc the nfc west is our fucking kryptonite man it has been for years it's why i hate it's not why i hate p curl but it's 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 on the list um um you know the NFC West has always been our kryptonite just has been. And I don't know what, it, I don't know what it is. And it, it, it's real, It's getting old, frankly. I hear you. I that part I hear, but, Look. um, but no, I thought it was, I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great season. It was very, it was fun. It was fun to watch entertaining, great stories. Uh, Rasul Douglas, I loved watching. I just loved watching that story. just what a great season he had. Uh, it was, it was awesome. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think someone should piss Aaron Rodgers off again. I don't know, make fun of his dog, something, just and then have one more season of him playing MVP style football for the Packers. And then he can go play for the Raiders or the Broncos or whatever and call well, it a day.
0: Well, let me dog ask you the question. Let me ask you the question because you <laughs> predicted, you predicted, less you predicted when, when some of the stuff with Rodgers happened last year, you said Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer on opening day. You were mm-hmm. right. So mm-hmm. now I'll ask you that same question again for the 2022 uh, National Football League season. Is Aaron Rodgers a, a Green Bay Packer? Um,
1: I'm, I'm a little less confident than I was last year, um, but I think so. Okay. Um, I Especially if he wins, if, uh, as, if as Carney predicts, if he wins the MVP again, the, the Brinks truck that will need to be backed up in terms of money and draft picks for a team to get him uh, will be something that I just don't think anyone wants to pay. Uh, especially if there's yeah, someone like, at- if Russell Martin, uh, if Russell Martin, uh, Russell Wilson is actually on the is actually on the block, uh, he's a much more affordable uh, option with uh, truly great talent, obviously, and, and youth uh, as well. Um, well, and then you
2: look at then you look at teams that are willing to do that. So you look like the Raiders. Derek Carr is a good good player. Would the Raiders want to do that? I don't think so, because for Josh McDaniels, he would like to be the coach at the Raiders for an extended period of time. Yep. If you bring Rodgers in, you're going to be great for a year or two. And then he decides to retire or whatever he decides to do. And you lose all those then draft you, picks. and yeah. you just forfeited your entire future, and then you're going to lose your job because your team's not going to not even win any games. Yeah. So it's going to be really tough. So it'd be a unique situation. That's why I brought up the Patriots, simply because I don't think it's going to happen. He's going to be a Packer again next year. But I, the Patriots, Belichick isn't a part where, hey, I could do this for one or two years, win two Super Bowls, and then go, hey, sorry, I'm out.
0: Yep. Yeah. Hey, just a quick reminder uh, for folks, if you didn't get in on the H. Upman contest, you could still do it. Uh, we'll give it away, a, uh insulated cooler backpack, ba- uh, a ball cap, and a tumbler glass. Uh, really nice set. Just tell me the H. Upman cigar you're going to smoke uh want to smoke during the the big game the super bowl and hashtag it with h upman i mean so now you can't don't forget that no i'm screwing up the hashtag oh big big game game. hashtag big game game. hashtag big game hashtag big game game. so just a reminder on that one um i'm gonna throw up uh i'm gonna throw this one up there right now um no man so people can see it uh john just took a little break here so it was good timing here uh to do that so reminder here we got plenty you know plenty more entries here Um, and, uh, just, you know, some folks came in late, so I just want to remind them about this as well. Um, as long as we are doing that bear, uh, waiting for Carney, um, I'm actually going to start the, the, the giants talk while we're waiting for him.
1: Okay. Uh, So can I, can I, since you got to talk about my team first, can I talk a little bit about the giants?
0: Absolutely. Okay. You could say anything you want because it probably won't be wrong. (laughs) So let's.
1: Has there been, and like I I say, I say this with great amount of respect for you, Coop, Um, but in all sincerity, has there been a franchise in the last three seasons that has gotten more wrong than the New York football giants? Yes. They thought Ben McAdoo was a good decision. They thought Joe Judge. Yep. They thought Joe Judge was a good decision. They thought. Daniel Jones was going to be the second coming, of at least Eli Manning. Right. Um, they, they, and listen, I you know I have no absolutely no affection for Eli Manning whatsoever, but an absolute disrespect to a guy who actually meant a lot to that franchise on the way out. They that have was, that was wasted, screwed that up. Magadu screwed yes. that up. Yes. They have wasted an incredible. Talent and arguably one of the best running backs that we've seen in the last five years in Saquon Barkley got hurt, but he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep that in mind. Yep. and they have in they have failed to actually put a decent defense together in the time since your heralded Tom Coughlin left. Right has there Has there been another franchise that is
0: okay? I guess the Jags. I was just saying the Jets. But the the Jets? G- if you go three years, I'll say the Jets. If you go three years, I'll say the Jags. If you go five years, no, the Giants have been the worst. I think because if you go back to 2016, the Giants have been the worst. If you say three years, the Jets and the Jaguars have, have really gotten a lot wrong. Uh, more, and I think the Jets have gotten, ex- I mean, the Jags was, stu- you know, the Jags, that were Martin, we t- it was going to be a disaster. We knew that. but the J- And I'm telling you, Salah has got the target on his back for next year. Is this the worst time
1: in your history as a fan of the Giants? Is this the worst time to be a? uh, Is this the worst time in
0: your in your lifetime to be a Giants fan? It was bad in the late seventies, early eighties before actually Ray Perkins got there. And we talked about Ray Perkins. I know on 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 L also for more takes. It was bad. There was a bad period, but not. I mean, I would say the last four years. Has been as bad. I mean, we were uh, look. I said it the day Coughlin got fired. We weren't just going to be bad. We were going to be Cleveland Browns bad. Okay, that's how bad I. I said because they had no succession plan for Coughlin at the time, right? And and they, they thought it was going to be this Ben McAdoo guy, right? Who was a disaster, right? So no, it it is as bad as I've seen. Um, even when like we. <laughs> There was a couple of bad years, like, right before Parcells got there. And Parcells' first year was a disaster as well. But, I mean, just where there's just no – I mean, where fans aren't coming to the stadium is a bad sign. Um, Even in the late 70s, the fans came to the stadium. Um, And there's a lot of factors for that because it's corporate seats now. So it's a different story. But. They're the, I mean, I wouldn't say the laughing stock of the league. That's just a little harsh. They are. They, the are. they are. They no, are.
1: I, I think that's a little harsh and over the top, yeah. but I mean, I, here's the, here's what's worse. And to, to bring another word de jour into this, they're relevant. And that's almost, that's almost worse. Like, did anyone really give other than you, Coop, who's a fan of the sport? Like, I didn't hear anyone talk about the giants this year. And for what reason? Right. I mean, that's well, just, they may more- that sucks.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it, no, it, it's in a great York, franchise in, the, in this league, and that sucks. But the judge thing started to snowball quickly. There were signs in year one that he wasn't going to work out, but I think everyone has to give the coach even even I said I had to get Joe Judge a, f- a full first year. Um, but in New York, it went it went off the rails quickly after game when when they came out in game one and it was like game one was the same as we had seen under Pat Shermer under Ben and under the end of the Ben McAdoo thing. And even some of the last Tom Coughlin, when we saw that game one and it was like nothing, nothing they did mattered, right? Cause they, was, they sucked as bad as they had sucked. It, Judge immediately started treading water at that well, point to,
1: to play a card from Carney's hand a second ago. Other than Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, can we name a? Can anyone name a giant really quick other than you? Yeah no can, can you can you I, i'm not trying to put you on <laughs> no. the spot. I mean, like can, no no, <laughs> no. cuz i don't right. care about
0: i him.
1: mean is, and that, is that is that really i mean look, Joe, 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 i'm not trying to be an apologist no. for Joe no. Judge, no but it, i mean so is it, that kenny galloway, is you
0: want you want to say kenny galloway i'm like andrew thomas like and uh, those guys okay yeah, andrew thomas Gallway. it's guy. been a
1: guy i have picked up in fantasy football to, to just in emergency situations so, yeah, i know i know the i know that guy's name yeah okay <laughs> uh, the Giants pick them up for
2: emergency situations. Like you're doing the same thing. That's the problem is they're do- they're trying, they're playing like fantasy football and everybody else is actually playing professional football. It's just, it's just ridiculous to watch what's going on yeah. there. They're
0: clowns. It, it would, it- it's-, it's, and it's been, you know, now when we get to the coaching search, I'm going to defend them a bit on this. Right. Cause I think there's things that people, um, you know, I, I do believe first of all, they, 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 they were they were talking to Joe Shane, who's the new GM midseason, right I don't believe that they at the end of the season said, okay Dave Gettleman, here's your retirement check. have a nice day because Dave, Dave Gettleman was making paper airplanes in his office most of the year right because he knew he was gone he knew he was retiring right So I believe that the, that they were already doing the Intel on Joe Shane and, and that GM interviews process was was a bit of a uh, I, I believe interview processes are a sham to begin with, okay So I believe they were doing that. And I believe as they were talking, this is me, my opinion. I don't have any inside info on here. I believe as they were talking to Joe Shane, he said, look, I can I can deliver Brian Dable to you. Uh, I can probably work it out with with the Pagulas who own the team. You know, they'll give me this opportunity and I can see if I can get Dable. So I think Dable was on their radar from the the very I, I think these things were going on. They could say they would keep Joe Judge and all that, but I think if they were, I know if they were bringing Joe Shane in, he wasn't keeping Joe Judge, right? So I believe that these, and I've been told from a former coach that coaching searches are—if someone who's coached in college basketball told me this—that coaching searches are a sham. They're, these things are decided because they don't just interview people over a weekend over Zoom and hand them the keys to these franchise, these, these multi-million-dollar franchises. I mean, it just doesn't happen, right? So I believe that that Dable was their guy. And Joe Shane was their guy, and they wanted to bring these guys in. And if they, it was a matter of getting the contractual pieces in place uh, with that. And I think that's what happened there. Uh, I think Dable was a – he wasn't my first choice, but of the coordinators, he had the most credentials, I thought, of the coordinators uh, that they were interviewing. He had a lot of experience in an OC. Um, you know, John, Reagan knows Reagan from r knows Brian Dable.
2: Yeah, I don't think anybody's yeah. questioning Dable's, Dable's – um, yeah you know, that he deserves to be a head coach or his credentials for being a head coach. That's not the issue that's going on with them, with that situation. The issue is, is the process and how untransparent is and how it's a sham. And and it is. And Brian Flores is showing how it's a sham and how it is actually at the same time racially driven. Yeah. And so nobody's saying that Dayball doesn't deserve a job over Brian Flores. But I don't believe that Or vice versa. I am. Not even the discussion. I don't, well, yeah, I don't you dis- can say that, but the, the actual issue here has nothing to do with him being the coach. It's just how it all went down.
0: The only question I have, and this may come out later on, like when this lawsuit hits, right? We don't know all the details. If if maybe there were overtures that the Giants said the Brian Flores back in December Thanksgiving weekend that that, that Flores maybe said, "Hey, the situation Miami is not going to work out, you know," um, and uh, you know I'm interested in coming here if if things fall apart that that's the part I think that's going to be the big question here on this. Right. And, and I agree. There are the Rooney rule is got a lot of flaws for many years. There are candidates who have gone through column fodder type of interviews. Check the box that we interviewed you. Um, and I don't I don't know how much they told Brian Flores he had a shot. At, I mean, look, I'll say this. I talk to people who know people in the Dolphins uh, in the industry in Miami, and, and they were not as high on. Flores working with a front office and, and, and they felt that that was an issue. Like, and they, would t- they were telling they would me like, you don't want this guy in the giants for that reason. Uh, he can coach. The guy can coach. There's no question about it, but there's definitely some issues there. And I don't think the giants were going to, if there were problems working with the front office, there is no way that giants ownership would have brought him in. It's just, that's not how the Maras have operated for as long as I know they want that. They, they do not want a circus show with their coach. So I believe that that's, that's what happened. Now, again, I don't know what, what, what how he was talked to if he was let on earlier on, uh, but if he came into this thing late, I mean, again, you know how we all talk? Yeah,
2: you know how we all the talk? Giants, the Giants would prefer to keep the circus just on the field
0: rather than having... Right, right. The- they have enough problems. <laughs> but here's the thing. I think if... um, You know how we all text each other about industry inside information, right? And and I think that this goes on in the NFL with, with these coaching you know, searches too, right? And I'm not blaming Belichick on this one, right? But look, I guarantee you that Belichick knew Dable was getting that job. I mean, he's, he's as connected as anyone in this league, right? And I believe I actually believe the story about this that, that Belichick messed this up on his so I actually believe this, right? But I don't, you know, but it had this ha- unfortunately. These coaching searches, I mean, for years, everyone has known their shams. And I think these guys are all sometimes when it becomes less of a sham is if there's a guy who they want and they don't get him. Then there's kind of some scrambling. I think you saw a couple of franchises fall into that boat this year. But Dan Quinn, right? Dan Quinn, the morning that uh, Dable got the job or, you know, in the whole, no, the morning that's a floor story, it was ironic that Dan Quinn pulled his name out of the Giants search. He knew at that point. He knew he said, I'm not going to just go in there and be rejected. I'm pulling my name out and I'm staying in Dallas. You know, fuck it. I'll, I'll wait till next year is what he said.
1: Man, I, I the fact that Brian Flores doesn't have a job in this league right now
0: is just absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know. Absurd. if it's happened. So I think there was some stuff in that front office that that hurt him. But I think he still would have got a job had things not. I mean, he. Well, he, he said put, it
1: himself. Like he, Sean Miles mentioned in the chat very early on, when Brian Forrest came up first, he said he shot him himself in the foot. He knows he did, and he, he even admitted it. He, like, he, he could have waited, that
0: but he could have waited two weeks to file the lawsuit, right? To see how to. Co- I got to give him credit. He, he 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 didn't let that. He didn't let the. Uh, he. Listen, he probably could have been in contention for maybe one of these other jobs. Still, and he it, was. It, yeah, that minute that he was in the Saints
1: final running, they were going to. He put a he put a lot on the line, man. He put his career on the it, line. It, to, he did.
0: To, yeah.
2: to and this is. This goes for everything. The whole the whole system's a sham and they're pretending it's something they're not. If you're gonna do it the way you're doing it, just be transparent about it and say this mm. is how we're gonna do it. This is how we want it yeah. to be done. If you're not he's connected right. to the this Rooney person, rules you're not in that's what he's doing. And it's, it's,
1: an it's an crazy
2: that some of these guys aren't head coaches because this is this guy's buddy or this it's the whole thing's ridiculous. It, and, it uh, is. He, he said he I, I I commend him for doing what he's doing and he's gonna make things a lot better. Uh, for a lot of people, uh, not just not just black coaches. I mean, everything, yeah. uh, white coaches. You name it. This is going to force this to be more transparent because he's not going to uh rest on it.
1: Yeah. And- well, it was just it was just ridiculous. So when Jason <clears throat> Garrett is the named the interim coach when he takes over for Wade uh, Phillips in Dallas when he's fired midseason, right? Everyone knew he was going to be around the next season, but they had because he was interim, they had to have an interview process, right? So they bring in in order to do it to you know, satisfy the Rooney rule they they trope they trope in a minority head coaching candidate to do just a sham like it it's stupid it's such a disservice and it, it it's such a disservice and to we, what the spirit of what the rule was supposed to Right we all agree with about. the spirit of the rule.
0: We all agree with the spirit of the rule. I don't think this is a matter of us saying minority guys should get a chance but I agree. Of, uh, of,
1: I, of course no that's that's the problem Coop is they don't. Like the rules No you, and, either, you and, and I think, don't. you and I think
0: you and I agreed at minority. We all agree that minority guys should be getting a fair shot at these jobs. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I think that's no, what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: I'm saying that I'm saying they don't get a fair shot even with a rule. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point of the Brian Flores argument. That's the whole point of the lawsuit. Yeah. Cause even, even with this rule in place, it doesn't fucking matter. It's a joke.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I agree. And I, I don't know how they're going to fix it, but something's going to be, you know, that this is going to be changed at some point. And this lawsuit, I mean, it's going to be very interesting if it goes into court. I mean, it's just going to be. This is going to be. The NFL loves. It's, I don't want to say they love it. They, they, they kind of just always get themselves in the in these things all the time. <laughs> you know, they just put themselves in the hot water. And and this one's going to go. This one going to the courts could have like landmark ramifications. This one's right
2: going now. to be. This one's going to be nasty. This, this is one's going to be nasty. a little
0: nasty yeah. too. Yeah, I don't it's not think. Look I,
2: good. I don't think it's going to go to court. I don't think it's going to not want ever. Th- yeah. I. I I don't. I don't know. I. I doubt he'll settle it out of court. They began to shut up like they did Colin Kaepernick. But I I think this one's even worse than the Kaepernick situation because Kaepernick uh, was a polarizing, you know, activist at the same time. You know, there was obviously another agenda on top of what he was actually standing up for. Um, And then he also sucked uh, at his job. Flores doesn't. So I. I think this doesn't settle it out of court, and there's going to be things that that weren't ever people never thought that were going to get out that are going to get out.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think you guys said it, I can see Flores going into the college ranks, though. That I oh, could absolutely. see, I could see him uh, get, getting an opportunity in the college ranks. Um, so I don't think Flores is done with football, but I think in the NFL he's we're not going to see him for a while. I don't think he goes to the USFL. I think he'll I think he'll surface at a Division One program, um, <clears throat> and he'll be given a lot of tools to, to do something there. Look, uh, if he
1: wants to call, if he wants to come coach TCU, I'll I'll call I'll call the Chancellor right now and they can find fire, fire Sonny Dykes. I'm good with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you already you already got it on Sonny Dykes, Dave. Dave he came there. from
1: SMU. I'll
0: never yeah, no, uh, he's not my
1: coach. Right.
0: Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, back to the Giants though. Um I'll just say a few other points. There's a couple of things I am concerned, I've already seen with Dable as far as the coaching staff goes that uh worry me a bit. So um, he kept the special teams coach. He was ready to keep Patrick Graham, which the problem I have with that is I think you needed to basically D Joe judge the organization and get Dave Gettleman, the organization. So I, I don't really like the fact that we're going to keep those guys. I think they did do a good job on the OC, but I think we're going to have to wait and see. Um, he'll get a fair shot. Um, and, and I think the big thing is what Joe Shane's going to do compared to Dave Gettleman, who is as bad a general manager, uh, in New York since Isaiah Thomas. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think, you know, it's, I think it's going to be, I hope we're not going through another two year cycle with coaches again. I mean, we got to have Brian. Dable's gotta be there for five years. This time we can't have a coach. For, we can't keep changing coaches every other year. I mean, we're like the jets. Uh, you know, there is another interesting they They, today the giants named, uh, or they're about to name wink Martindale, the, uh, the DC. And that one concerns me. He was awful as a DC in Baltimore. So how, why is you know they fired him because his defense stunk in Baltimore? Um, so again, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they tried to get Vic Fangio or, so, or one of these other DCs out there. But um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, like I said, this he's he's a month. He's not even a month. He's a couple of weeks into this job. So give give him. I gotta give him some time before I reserve judgment on that. But I didn't like some of the early moves I've heard from him already.
1: All right. Uh, John, I need, another, I need you to pick my next cigar. By
0: the way, this this Barry, You're going to love this cigar, by the way. this uh, football.
2: Yeah, Bear, it's excellent. <laughs> <I'm>, in your <laughs> honor, since you're not going to get to smoke one tonight, I'm going to light another one up.
0: Yeah, um, I may I'm have good. to do the same. I may do the All same.
2: Right. So I've got – you've got the LaHaro 400 cabinet.
0: The Bulls off
2: the table. i taking that off the table. You've got the NAS.
1: Mm-hmm. And you have a third? Yeah, the night the, the the Stein, ninety four.
2: Right. Let's do um
0: Stu Beer Stein. There you got go. It. Can't go wrong with that. I'm All looking right. forward to this. Yeah, awesome. I got a few more quick hits before we get to the matchup. Um, so I'll just mention that, and if anyone else has any quick hits too, they can put it in. But I have three quick hits. Um. The first one is the overtime rule seems to be coming up again in controversy um, with this. Uh, I I am not against the way the overtime rule is in the playoffs. Um, I, I like that overtime rule. You play defense and you play offense. Um, but it's, it's, in, it's in the crosshairs again. So I wonder if it's going to be addressed in the offseason.
2: So here's my thing. Defense is part of the game. It's half of the game. Offense is the other half. So people saying, "Oh, we didn't even get a chance." Yes, you did. You got to play defense. Yep.
0: Um,
2: so that's an argument to make. However, my personal feeling is there's some reasons why the games have to end um, in the regular season. There, you can't have games going on forever where everybody keeps getting a shot and right. and this and that. That that Bills that if that Bills game would be uh, <laughs> that that Bills Kansas City game would have been. Uh, 187 to 202, uh, you know, 193. Uh, they were just going back and forth. But I think a simple fix is if the other team, so you get the ball and you score, you kick a field goal or you score a touchdown. The other team gets a shot.
0: That's what I think. One, you, each team plays offense and defense once. Yeah. I like, don't know why let, they've let, like, never do done that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then if the team scores, you just keep doing it. And then the second time that you do it, the next everybody is. So you get to possess the ball one time each. And if it's a tie after the next score wins, it's sudden death immediately after that, then you solve all the issues. You yeah. have no other concerns. Um, and it makes no sense why they don't have that for the playoffs. Um, it doesn't, I would, it makes sense, I guess, in the regular season uh, because games going long, you know, without scores or whatever, But um, I mean, I think certainly in the playoffs, it would take away a little bit of the concern with that. But those are the rules of the game. If you don't like it, you're going to change the rule, right? Right. People didn't like the tuck rule. There's a reason it's called the tuck rule. Yeah, because it existed. It was a rule and they called it by the book. Was it a bad rule? Absolutely. It was a terrible rule. Um, And that's why they got rid of it after because it was a terrible rule and it changed a game significantly, the rule of the game really changed it and changed the career, changed the, the, you know, changed a franchise and uh, rules have those repercussions. So when you make those rules, you're going to have to, you have to deal with them. So I do think the alternative would be, it would be nice. Uh, The NFL just needs to suck it up buttercup and let the other team, everybody gets the ball once once they have got the ball, once uh, the score is tied, it's sudden death.
0: Yep. I, I, in fact, I think they overcomplicated the regular season way as well. I think the way they have it in the regular season, it actually makes more, more of a chance of a tie than less. Just oh, sure. And, then,
2: and, and the reality is yeah. it can, the regular season game can still end in a tie, and there are games that do end in a tie. So at least you do it this way. Uh, you know, the worst-case scenario, it still ends in a tie. And then if you get to a chance where the people are like, well, we didn't get to score. Well, there you go, and then the next time you had to stop them. So yeah. it wouldn't get out of control. So, you know, Bills score, Kansas City scores, tie ball game. Now you better stop whoever's got the ball yeah. next. Now, now you have nothing to complain about. Oh, we well, I didn't. now what, what are they complaining? Well, I didn't get two tries. Yeah. Well, how many tries do you want?
0: <laughs> yeah, and here's the other thing I say: you get one set of timeouts for all of overtime. These timeouts don't reset, so you know what? That's another way you could kind of stop that is. Uh, it's sudden death at that point. Uh, you know, even if the, if you play a 15 minute overtime and then you know switch into the field, you don't get another set of timeouts at that point. I think I think that's. I think that would also solve a lot with that, um, with that.
2: The, the one thing I don't like, I do like watching the college football overtime. I do not think that I would enjoy that in pro I professional football. Um, it would be cool to watch that. I would watch that in like the Pro Bowl, you know, where they gonna, play like just on the 50-yard line in. We're going to uh, talk you know, about the Pro Bowl. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, I would like that. But um, in a pro football game, I don't want to change the way the game's played. Um, you know, cause really in college yeah. football, we're going to put you in the red zone and now you're just going to go back and forth forever. Um, I, I don't like that. It goes on too long. Um, and it's uh, it's exciting, but it's also kind of, it's a different game.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right. Next thing, just a general comment. Um, will anything ever top these playoffs? We saw the 2021 slash 2022 playoffs. This year was this maybe the greatest round of playoffs we ever saw.
2: I think so. It, it was it was excellent. It was really fun. Um, it was really fun. Lots of storylines, lots of big name players in yeah. it. All, all the teams that really should have been in it um were in it. It was cool that Big Ben was in it, um, because the Colts are just an absolute disaster of a franchise. Yep. Um, so you had all the right teams, all the right storylines. It was it was excellent. It was excellent. Um, I don't know if I can judge it as being the best ever or not one way or the other. There's tons of great storylines and everything. Um, However, uh, it was significantly and significant improvement over the previous year when there weren't really fans around for certain things. It was lighter. Um, It was, it was excellent. It was fun. It was, it was a big win for the NFL. Uh, The, the refs for the most part, put away the flags. Um, there were some taunting things that was some BS, but just a few. Um, but you, you know, uh, the games were good. They were fun to watch. The flow was nice. Um, it was, they, they were just good games. I, I, uh, I think they were, it I mean, was he's... better than any regular season game the entire year. There, there was 100%. so much crap in the regular season. I was like, you know, if they do this in the playoffs, I'm going to hate it. It's yeah. going to be awful. And they didn't, it was, there was a bull bo- products a... of the playoffs Yeah. great.
0: Yeah, and I think the seven-game playoff thing actually is working out really well for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw road teams really, you know, road teams. Re- I mean, road, there were a lot of road wins in these playoffs this year, which is which is very, I mean, unusual we've seen. So uh, the whole divisional round, all the road teams won. Uh, so I, I I like, I think the 17 thing has worked out well. I was worried it would dilute the play a bit. It, it didn't this year. Um, I think looking to the future, we'll see. What happens with that? Um, With that. But I agree. As long
2: as, you know, as long as the, you know, as long as the Giants, Cowboys, the football team, you know, and the rest of their division don't just stink. The Eagles don't just stink year round. It'll never screw the playoff thing up with the extra team. However, if that was happened, if they had the extra team last year, you would have had two teams with losing records in the freaking playoffs. It would have been awful.
0: You know, people forget the Giants were contending for the playoffs going into the last week. Because <laughs> they had a shot to win that division. People forget that. And they
2: think the Colts did everybody a favor by just being abysmal. Oh um, and it was a, awesome. And it was great. But they saved us from something that wouldn't have been enjoyable by being as bad as they were in that last yeah. game.
0: Yeah. And we saw, like I said, we saw a rookie, a rookie coach, you know, and Brendan Staley of the of the Chargers just completely take his team out of it. I mean, just you know, you bring these you fast track these coaches and then some of these decisions sometimes. Uh, I think the Chargers and the Colts may have actually helped things in the long run by not going to the playoffs. I agree with you on that. That's a good the point. The extra game
2: in the season was great, too.
0: It really opened up. Uh, if we hadn't had the extra game, we would have had
2: the Colts in the playoffs. Um, they had to win a game against a crappy team. Yep. And they probably just said, "Well, oh, we should we wouldn't have had to play that. Well, you know what you did yep. and you lost and then you weren't in yep. it. Yep. So uh, I thought that extra week really changed the dynamic of the league, changed uh, changed the season and changed the playoffs quite a bit. I thought it was exciting. It was a lot of great storylines.
0: Interesting. Yeah, too bad. Uh,
1: you know, I mean, I think what's a lot kind of got lost in the dialogue. One of the reasons I was opposed to the 17-game season was the same reason that the players were too. It was just uh, – was about, you know, you know, for all the screaming about health and safety of players and they add an extra game to it and stuff. And then I think that cool. dialogue kind that, of got lost. In
0: yeah, I, I think ultimately the 17th game is meant for the international games, so though. I think that's what you're going to see once we get out of a pandemic is that everyone will play a neutral site international game. I, I think that was the whole, you know, I think that's the goal they want to do here. I, I don't, they're not going to do it now. They did it, you know, they did it limited this year, but I think that will be eventually the goal. Everyone plays a neutral site, uh, some neutral site game. And then you have, then you can have the equal number of, uh, um, you know, you can have the equal number of and row, but it's interesting how they added that 17th game is they kind of changed the rules about who you play, right? It's not like, it, it kind of is a little different because that 17th game fits totally outside the scheduling formula. I don't know if I can actually explain it, but they, they, you know, you could end up playing a team in another conference, uh, but not in that same division you normally play. So it's kind of, it is intriguing how they do that 17th game. Yeah, I, it is. I, I so, you know, a lot of
1: the, the kind of the dialogue wasn't there. Like it's been strong in the last couple of seasons. I think it's ridiculous. I don't think it'll ever happen, but there was, you know, like I said, it was a little bit drier this year, but you do mentioned international stuff. Like, you know there's still there's still a lot of talk about an NFL franchise in London i just don't see that happening i don't i, I don't, don't see i don't see it I happening. i can't imagine that being that's a logist, it's a logistical nightmare to have they the, have to the put, games they, over
0: there in the first place it's they're so, going to put, they're gonna have they're going to have two teams there to make it work is my well,
1: feeling it, it, and if the, if the teams the
2: coaches hate thursday football i mean there's no way they're going to enjoy sunday sunday football in a different stratosphere yeah, yeah. um it's just going to be really challenging yeah and it, it, I, it, by the way, here's my thing. It's they have no issue playing the games over there. Just keep playing the games over there. Like, don't put a franchise in there and really screw yeah. it up. No, uh, they- you know, like, yeah, the, don't don't do something that you don't need to do for for no reason. Like, you know, I if there's a fan base there, go play football games there. Take the teams over. That's great. Make sure they got a bye week or something. they got bye weeks after. Yep, and and it's fine. It doesn't take forever for people to get there, but the logistics of if they actually had a team housed there would be ridiculous, and then also tax implications.
0: Yeah, yeah. Of the players,
2: like I don't want to go play in London, like I want to play in Florida.
0: And TV deal, the TV deal gets affected. Yeah, because and here's what yeah, I'm saying. Well, say... that's why the NFL likes it because they
2: get to sign these other big lucrative deals. They can say this and that, but they yeah. just go keep playing football games over there. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's exciting. It's fun to wake up in the morning and watch a football game like that. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's not broke; it's a really good thing that's working for the league. Play some games there. I'll say, I was,
0: yeah, I was in London, John, when the Eagles played the Jaguars, um, and I could tell you the city was electric about this game. And these weren't like the Jaguars weren't great. The Eagles weren't. Uh, they were coming off the Super Bowl, so it was a little bigger. But the city, like that, was everyone was talking about that. I'm walking through Piccadilly circus on a Saturday, the day before the game. And I see jerseys and jackets and caps of both teams. And it was, it was, there was a, there was an energy in London. So I agree. Play these give it's great for these cities. Um, And they're getting exposure to our, to the product here that we have. And they seem people, like I said, it brought fans over there. And a lot of the home people got excited. It was a very, very beautiful thing to see when I was over there. And I promise you that if, That electricity you talked about, if they
2: put a team over there and then they suck, which they will, it won't be any electricity at all. Yeah. You you know, so, like, how if you want – they were excited about the Eagles and Jaguars playing. Yeah. Let's let's send them the Jaguars right now, and we'll see how excited they are about it in 24 months. Nobody will be watching it, and they'll be like, this is an embarrassment, and it's stupid. Just go keep playing the games because it's fun, it's special, it's exciting. If you want to add an extra one, add an extra one. Nobody cares. But don't, don't put a team over there that's going to potentially suck, and then they're just going to lose interest in it because you took away all the excitement that you created by doing
0: something special. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that as well. Um, like I said, either do I just go to a neutral site thing, but I don't think it happens in my lifetime. So I don't think we see this in my lifetime happen, um, a, a team over there. All right, so the last point, uh, and then we'll get to the, the actual matchup. Is it time to put the Pro Bowl out of its misery? Absolutely. Did did anyone see part of that game on Sunday? What game? They didn't play a game. That was my son and I were laughing at at this laughing. I mean, this is, this was, what was the purpose of that? (laughs) I I, I get health protocols, but do we need this game? (laughs) So, so.
2: The, the skills challenge and stuff is cool leading up to that. it. I love that. I agree. That's fun because yeah. that's really interactive and the players, yeah. it's great for kids and the fans. Um, it's cool to watch. Um, so I, I love that. But, you know, you've got, you've got, let's look at this in reverse. You've got young football in this country transitioning to like seven and eight man football. Yeah. Where there's less contact, more skilled players and things like that. Why don't we do this in reverse? Because we're trying to stop injuries. So let's take the players out of the game that cause the injuries—the linemen and linebackers that are beating people up—and and the running backs. Let's play like seven-man, eight-man football. Put a bunch of skill players out there. One center to snap the ball or whatever. You can still have Pro Bowl linemen and all that stuff. But they're not blocking. They're not doing anything. So change. Play the game different. Do something different. Do something fun. Uh, Play it on a 50-yard field, and you know, and and play halves. Uh, You know, like just play, you know, 20 minutes of a half and another 20 minute half or something like that. But they got to do something. I don't know if that's the solution, but playing the actual game of football for the Pro Bowl is gross because it's never going to be enjoyable at half speed. Um, You know, so if you're going to do that, you want to let's let's get it set up where we're doing something different. But I think they're also afraid where if they do that, then we're not highlighting everybody. But you can do that. You know what? Put put the if an offensive tackle wants to go, put him in a wide receiver for a few plays. You know, like play flag football or something, because that's what they were playing. So they, if you're if you're just going to do it that way, you might as well either play eight man, seven man, or just play flag football.
0: And here's the other thing, and Bear, you can relate to this. I think John, you can too. I don't think anyone gets gets all excited. Oh, AFC versus NFC. Um, and then they tried to get away from that when they did the. Uh, Like the Deion Sanders teams or whatever. But but I don't think anyone gets behind this stuff as much. Like baseball is different. I think American and National League, there's an inbred rivalry of the leagues that goes back a century. The Major League All-Star game is the pinnacle of All-Star games.
1: Yeah, but you
2: also can't die playing baseball in theory. You know, like you're not going to break your neck most likely playing basketball, baseball. Same thing with basketball. And, and by the way, basketball is fun because it's only 10 guys on the yeah. court and they're throwing down dunks. You know, you're highlighting the NBA All-Star game is fun because you're highlighting the most exciting parts of the game, slam right. dunks, long threes. In football, the highlights are big hits, big plays, tackles, breaking tackles. All those things can physically injure you, um, you know, so it's, it's they got to play a different game. You know the one thing I think works out really well is I think I mean, obviously Major League Baseball is the best All Star Game. It's it's incredible. It's not even it's yeah. unmatched. NBA is the second best just because of their their recognition in the country. The NBA is a, a media and the skill, too. I, I think their skills their skills and, competition is the best too. And, and, and then just mm-hmm. the skills, the way they can you can play the game of basketball at half speed and it's more exciting. Like yes. it's more exciting when someone's not playing defense because someone's going to dunk on someone's face. Uh, you know, that's really cool to watch somebody do a three sixty between the leg dunk. It's cool to watch Steph Curry shoot from hundred feet away. So the NFL, sorry, the next one that I look at, which I think for me, the most energetic skills competition that creates the most excitement for the fan base is the NHL. Agree with that. The NHL, all, the NHL skills challenge is cool and they got their best people doing it. It lasts like two hours long. Why doesn't the NFL build up this skills challenge really big? Put the players in uniforms, have them go out and do a skills challenge. Have Rihanna and Jay Z do the halftime show, or some massive group bring yeah. bring Metallica and have them do a halftime show, or, or have a concert in the middle of it, and and just really highlight the skills challenge of each position, each player. They're working against each other. Things like that. That you know, there's so many things that they could do in bringing all those people together. And it would just be really exciting and fun. You could have them going on at the same time. Uh, You know, you could have a red zone challenge where you just have skill players working in the red zone. You can be doing, uh, you could be doing lineman skill challenge. You know, how fun would it be to watch all these offensive linemen play offense and have somebody play quarterback and they, you know, they, they play in the end zone. And do a red, there's so many things I do make it a spectacle, make it one day. Make it a weekend. Put the awards ceremony with it too. The NFL awards ceremony they do the night before the Super Bowl. Yep. Ta- tag team it with that so it's an agenda. There's stuff going on, um, so you can make it a weekend it's can the game and make the skills challenge bigger and put some celebrity celebrity
0: behind it. Yeah, I I think I agree. I, I, the reason why they don't do the awards though, because all those like a lot of guys sometimes playing in the game the the, the Super Bowl, you know, they're tied up with the Super Bowl, right? So that's why I always. I would also move the Pro Bowl back to the week after if you did that, so you could get. You know, yeah, then you do the awards. Then uh, the NHL does their awards um, at the at the end of the playoffs. So um, yeah, but well, then you it,
2: make this Pro Bowl less relevant, so, though, because it was always more. It was always less relevant after, especially the way that it's played now. Because once the Super Bowl's over, it's anti-climatic. So didn't, you know, didn't you build the, it in between.
0: Didn't the AFL do something? And, and you guys could correct me where the winner of the AFL championship played an all-star team. I'm trying to remember if it was something like that happened. They had some game like that. I don't know, but
2: the unique thing that the NFL's got going on is that that uh, pro bowl, despite the issues they have with you, you taking all those young guys to Vegas is a really bad idea. Yeah. We've well, we seen the whole
0: experience
2: itself is perfect for Vegas if they do it right. So I think, I think if you can, if they do it like in Orlando or Miami, you'd have less problems. Um, pick a spot like that, Orlando or Miami, where where you highlight it, make it big, and and then you don't have you know really highlight the skills challenge and don't play the game, and it'd just be better.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you guys on that. I agree on that. All we'll right, you take
1: a quick break, group. Just while.
0: No, All right, run
2: the players out. You know what? Run the players out WWE style. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Entrance music. Uh, yeah. you know, presenting the offensive line and have them run out with fireworks and stuff. And yeah. Metallica's playing guitar, yeah. they're going nuts. They come out, say hey, and you know, there's so many things they could do. Uh, but you know, they obviously they're struggling because they like to they like to try to play that game and it's just it gets awful. And I don't blame the players. Why would I go out there and threaten my threaten my career? Yep. for this game, it doesn't matter. Yeah, You're like oh well, we pay them. Yeah, well, you pay me twenty five grand. Yeah, it doesn't mean
0: anything. No, it, it doesn't. Um, I agree. And, you know, if you did like what you said, you could do like you could still have a point system, right? Where it's AFC versus NFC. I'm kind of thinking like, remember the old Superstars competition? I used to love yeah. that. Yeah. Then they did Battle of the Network Stars. It was like it was it was. Now the problem is they're not going to do a Superstars competition because some of those some of those competitions you can get hurt in. I mean, there's, there's, you, there were injuries over the years that, that's happened. So I can understand them not wanting to do that, but basic skills, like you said, you know, you know, kicking, pump, you know, pump, pass, kick, you know, I would have rather yeah. seen the pump. Pass so kick, kids. I would have rather seen the pump pass kick, you know, those kids out there. than what I saw this, this past weekend, thank goodness that the Sixers were playing the mm-hmm. bulls d- during, during most of that game uh, because, I did, I just did not want to watch, um, did not want to watch, you know, that, that, uh, it just was unwatchable. I'm like, we, the NFL is capable I do. of doing something. Yeah,
2: they are. So they're, they're capable of doing something. I do. The one concept that's always really intriguing to me is to take the teams that finish last and have,
0: and have that, them play for the first round draft pick. Well, you have to win the game. You have to win the yeah, game. Yeah, win the game. That, you have to yeah, win yeah. the game to get the that yeah. That's been but talked about.
2: Never, yeah. But it would never happen because it doesn't, you know, the, you'd be paying these players extra game checks and then, you know, it's just, it's still a pointless game. Like why am I going to play and get injured again just for them to get the draft pick? So I, I, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting, interesting concept and to talk about there's great ideas that would work, but then you have to think about the human side of it and then the financial implications too. Um, So I guess right now for the NFL, the financial side of them doing a pro bowl weekend, getting people excited about it, uh, the finances outweigh the the actual product that gets put out. So they're obviously – it's obviously lucrative for them to keep doing it, um, which is making it challenging for them to do something else. I, so I, uh, it's, it is awful, though.
0: Yeah, it was awful. It was not watchable Um, that. What I'm going to do is – well, wait before Bear comes back, I'm just going to read one more uh, – I'm going to read um, a couple of ads here just so we can wrap that piece sure. up. Uh, I want to mention first The Great Smoke. That's right, folks. This year's Mega Cigar event is breaking barriers once again and returning with a live in-person event and broadcasting live virtually into the comfort of your home. Michael Herkowitz will be reprising his role as co-host for the main event, broadcasting special segments from the TGS on-site studio and in the field for all virtual attendees at home. And adding more fun to the party uh, every year, the Great Smoke features a whopping four days of pre-event parties, after parties, and of course, the main event itself, Hawaiian-themed. For those making the trek to the Sunside State, get out your favorite hawaiian shirt and prepare to get laid and i will be at the great smoke um this year so i'm pretty excited about that and i want to mention uh, michael's tobacco with just over a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premium, uh, premier tobacconist for the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over. With two convenient locations in Euless, Texas, just a quick jump for the DFW airport, in Keller, Texas, Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a bar to its ever-growing list of accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPCR board member, and he has now made Michael's a family affair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. They have assembled quote, the greatest team in Scar retail business, unquote, as well as build some of the finest relationships with the industry's most respected individuals. Together, the team has built a true and blessed Mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary birthday whole one, or just a desire to relax Michael's tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite beverage pairing and lively conversation. Visit Michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's tobacco, not just the cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and the days of yore. And I also want to mention agonorsa leaf. Uh, we are running uh, content on our site um, on the agonorsa leaf experience. Um, you can uh, click on the sidebar uh, for the latest content um, and Terrence Riley uh, of Leaf has set up uh, a bunch of educational videos out there where you can uh, definitely learn a lot more of uh, what all the great things that Aganorceleaf is uh, doing and a lot of behind the scenes. So uh, continue to just check out Cigar Coop. We'll have more of that content running throughout the year. And then for folks who are asking, the airport awards are being given out on um, no, excuse me, February 18th. They'll be uh, announced. <laughs> November 18th. <laughs> November 18th, yeah. I would have said. So, yes. They, 2025. They, yeah, that date is finalized. Uh, there were some delays uh, on on a personal end of things, which delayed it. Um, but, you know, we have to sometimes take care of other things. So, so for folks who were uh, asking, we had a lot of stuff going on with, with the Coop site and a lot of stuff going on with Cigar Jukebox, uh, with music year and stuff. So we, we but but that date's finalized. They will be announced on the 18th. Uh, and it'll be a series of awards this year. So so for you know, the, uh, it'll be the final year of the awards, by the way. Uh, the program has moved to a fundraiser for this year's folks now, so uh, for Septus Alliance. So stay to that. I mean,
2: I think lighting up a cigar in a cockpit of a commercial aircraft uh, would have yeah. taken the cake if, if it was eligible. Obviously, it's this year. Uh, but I, I mean, I haven't seen anybody physically do that yet, yep. uh, especially uh, in my hoodie. Yep. Uh, I was wearing a hoodie. I was wearing Crocs. I was in pajamas in a cockpit of an Airbus.
0: Yeah. So, John, just so you know, you have a airport challenge coin coming your way for that. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. So uh, we, we did recognize a few of the airport uh, photos already <laughs> from people. Um, So, yeah, you have a coin they, coming your way on that. So that's a pre-award I've announced at that. Uh, it was a
2: riot how it went down because it was in Boston was say, of all, all right, places. we got to hear the story here. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the front in the pilot. Uh, he's got like his twenty five year pin on his tie and obviously i I try to prefer to fly delta so he gets on he's like he walked through the aisles thanked everybody in first class for flying everyone in the entire aircraft he thanked for flying delta and it was each i listened to everything it was each message was different it was genuine and then uh we were on our way from back from orlando so obviously there's a lot of kids on there and he says if there's any kids uh young children or you know young adults or adults that are kids at heart that would like to have a picture in the cockpit uh we'd be happy to have you up here to take a picture and i had had a picture when i was a young kid i was probably six or seven on a similar flight uh in a McDonnell douglas 88 and the guy said it and i walked up i was in the first seat and i was like hey this is gonna be kind of weird i was like do you mind do you mind if i get a picture in the cockpit and they're like no and i said well this the industry i'm in uh, there's a there's this like awards type thing and we all have this contest and try to get crazy pictures and when we're in airplanes or when we're traveling I said and I've seen I know the guys from how about the cigar got a picture in there yep, and they got their was, coins that
0: they got their coins at TP yeah. from Dura State yep I said
2: but nobody's gonna do what I'm gonna do I said do you mind if I grab the cigar and have it in my mouth and he's like just as long as you don't actually light it right. so I had like my lighter and I'm sitting there and I was getting ready to go and I was like, you mind if I take off the mask? He's like, no big deal. Just just put it back on after. So I got it. And during COVID protocols, I got a picture in a cockpit with a no cigar. Mask, cigar in a yeah. bathrobe wearing yep. pajamas and American flag props.
0: Yeah, it was beautiful. So, yeah, you have a, a coin. I will be bringing that coin uh, to Pro Cigar. So uh, I'm giving and i those guys number two cigar to your award. I'm bringing to the Dominican Republic as well. So, oh,
2: great. That'll because, be excellent. Yeah, we'll so have we'll, a good we'll, time. We'll, both yeah, those we'll have,
0: yeah, we'll have all that. So, yeah, that's a that's a pre-announced award. But, yeah, Matt Tobacco and Nicole got their coins. And the how about the cigar guys got their coins as well from Drew State. So uh, there were a lot of awards and uh, just different ways. To rec- that's what is a series of awards this year. Um, and that's that's so, yeah just, so you know, uh, but the, but the official post will be coming up on uh, February 18th. Which is a Friday, so um, so stay tuned. Beautiful. All right, let's get to the big game here. Um, I think well, I'm gonna we'll give. I know we're gonna give predictions, right? I think it's. I'm excited about both of these teams in, in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I would have loved to. I, I'm not gonna lie. I would have loved to have seen Bengals 49 is three. And I was hoping for a while that was gonna happen. It didn't. But uh, I think the Bengals have been a Great story. Uh, you want to talk about teams that were bad, right? They were bad the beginning. They they their their coach started out like 0-11, I believe, as, as a head coach. And and now two years later, he's in this he's in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and the Rams, different story entirely. they built, I think, for all practical purposes, a fantasy team to, to go win this thing right now. So you have a very intriguing matchup. Um, I was I actually thought John and bear that when the Rams were there a couple of years against the Patriots, I thought that was a good game um, because there was a lot of defense played in that game. Um, well, that was a great game. I thought it was a great game. A lot of people didn't like it. They, they, you know, but I, I thought it was a very, I think the Rams gave it all they could, but the better team won that year. But, but I'm excited about this matchup this year. It's a different, we haven't seen this matchup before. Two totally different teams. Um, the only the Rams thing was, have a talented quarterback. So. The, the, Matthew Stafford, man. I mean, what a story. What a story. I mean, and uh...
2: can we talk about, by the way, how how the Rams can be in like five Super Bowls in the last like 20 years? And and then the city of St. Louis decided they didn't want them there anymore. <laughs> they couldn't come up with like uh, a plan to keep them around. Like yeah. they couldn't get along, whether it was the city or the ownership, or whatever. Like <sighs> the Rams, if you think about it. You got the in the last twenty, let's say last quarter century in twenty five years, your top teams. If you go to like Super Bowls, one you got Patriots. Yeah. Went to nine. Actually, they went to ten. You count so they the went to 10 you count Super the Super Yep. Yeah. Yep. Brady's Brady went to an additional on top. So let's count that. There's eleven there between between essentially the Patriots with uh, with Brady and Tampa and the then you Steelers. have like you have the Steelers what like four times mm-hmm. or three times three four times Four, four times? times. you've got I think it's three but you got the Rams like five times you've had the Packers twice. twice and then you had the Colts you had the Colts and Peyton Manning went three times he went twice once with the Colts and he went twice with them and then you had the the Giants in there twice so that's like 20, that's almost 20 of the 25 Super Bowls I just talked about are like five teams.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that's crazy. Yeah, and you know, you look at that, I mean, I'm going back to, I just kind of flipped this up. Um, You know, there was not really that anomaly Super Bowl in there, because yeah, if you look at the teams, you could just go down the list, like maybe Ravens Niners was the anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe and then by the one.
2: way, the other one, the Eagles went twice in that same yeah. same stance, the same time frame. Yeah. So you I, got like you really haven't had and then the Niners, the 49ers went in there like twice too. Yeah. So it's crazy how Seattle, what, Seattle look went at these twice teams. Too. Yeah, and then twice. That's it. We just pretty much named yeah. all the Super Bowl teams. Yeah. So to for people to look at like all the Rams, <laughs> the Rams have been really, really good for an extended period of time. They had some off seasons and whatnot. But there's some longevity in that franchise, and it's crazy to see them have to re- relocate somewhere else. Not have, But they see them relocate with all the success they have, and now they're still having great success because of, uh, because of the coaching, the team, the money that's being put behind it right now. Uh, but it's really interesting to see them there again um, and then to see a team like the Bengals, who were awful two years ago. Burrow practically loses a leg last year. Um, And then they come back and, I mean, they did what they did. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more in depth with that here coming up. But it's a really fascinating matchup that we've got going on here um, because of the Bengals, in my opinion. That's the wild card. I'm not shocked the Rams are in a Super Bowl. I've seen the Rams be in a Super Bowl five times in my life. You know, that's a lot of Super Bowls. Um, so I'm not shocked to see the Rams there. Um, it's a different looking team, but I'm not shocked. The Bengals, eh, I never, even, I never imagined that was a thing. Uh, so to see that, <laughs> uh, to see that matchup um, and have uh, that team there is is incredible. It's fascinating. Um, it's 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 the dynamic that's changed this the feel of this Super Bowl. It's the dynamic that's changed. The feel of the fan base and the excitement behind it. Um, there's always excitement behind the Super Bowl, but I think there's genuine intrigue about what's going to go on right now and about mm-hmm. this game and the storyline behind it because the Bengals are in it, because it's not a team that's used to being in the Super Bowl ever. Um, and we have them there, and you've got such a dynamic storyline with uh, Joe Burrow, um, Jamar Chase. And then specifically for the the big game cigar, we've got an up-and-coming cigar celebrity who's a real celebrity in Joe Burr. The guy is a... He he smoked LFD live on television. Um, He's he's apparently an LFD smoker. I've got... uh, It's funny. I've had... all the times the Patriots in the Super Bowl, me being a Patriots fan and from New England, I've never had more people reach out to me with certain connections with a team that were interested in the cigars than I have with the Bengals, uh, where I was like, wow, it was crazy. All, if all I knew it took to get the Bengals into the Super Bowl to have the cigar absolutely blow up in a market and the interest for our brand. The interest for our brand has gone from to at, like to an incredible level in the Cincinnati market uh, because of the recognition of just Joe Burrow smoking it. Uh, smoking yeah. the, the, M, the M natural is what he smoked, the TCFAM uh, wow. natural. I mean, it's out of control. I've got places that are like, oh, I'll take whatever you have. We'll take 50 boxes here or 100 boxes there. And unfortunately, it happened right at the beginning of the year when we have been closed for a month. Um, so we had what we had, and we shipped as much up as we could. But uh, this dynamic is different, and it's exciting because of the Bengals.
0: Yeah, you know, even like um, Miguel Chodal who is a, you know, he's known for his love of the Cincinnati Reds. He is not a, he was not a Bengals fan. I don't want to say he became a Bengals fan. I think that's a little unfair, but Miguel loves the city of Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. He's a Cincinnati fan. And he wants good things to happen for the city of Cincinnati. Um, and I think he's thrilled. Maybe he becomes a Bengals fan at his, That's totally his right to. Um, I mean, certainly he's, the team has, you know, done the things on the field to do that, but um. But, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's you know you look at that, I think it's great for that city. I am really curious to see, like, like it's, if they win this game, and I think it's a big if, um, they, um, like, what? Like I think there's going to be that big, what are they going to smoke in the locker room if it's the Bengals? I don't know what will be with the Rams. It will be interesting. But I'm curious to see if the cigar companies are going to be, we gonna try to line up to get that cigar in the locker room this year. Certainly, this is the year to do it. So, Certainly, this is the year to do it.
2: So... The, the thing is I think for the first year ever, we definitely 100% know that they're going to be smoking in the locker room if they win and it's the Bengals. And we know that they're going to make a very big deal about it because they have throughout the whole playoffs as they ended the season and got into, yeah. the, uh, got into the playoffs. Uh, Burroughs smoked. Uh, we know he smoked cigars for special occasions because he did when he won the national championship. And, um, so it's the first time going in for us as an industry. We always always know there's victory cigars, right? Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We have a guy who's the up and coming star who we know smokes cigars. To celebrate! And he's smoking, and, and he's smoking
0: like not just regular he's, stuff. He's smoking.
2: he, oh, he, t- he picked. He picked the, the TCF. He picked the M Natural. Right. You know, the LFD M Natural. Right. He didn't. You don't pick that unless you have some idea of what it is, yeah, um, you know, and then there's other people in there smoking tobacco, especially l flavored cigars. That, that's a big one. They've had, there's been some other stuff out there, but we know if that team wins that they've got cigars and they're going to be smoking them. And we know who the people were. Yeah. So, you know, all you, you had to find out, like I, I knew, I found out who buys the cigars for the team through one of the retailers. So Joe Mixon's the guy that buys the cigars for the team. So we sent up some cigars for them. We sent some stuff up the, for them specifically. So I know that there's, that there's going to be cigars there of LFD. Yeah. Um, I also had some connections with Jamar Chase. So I know that Jamar Chase, I don't know what he's going to choose to smoke if they win. But I know that I know the people that are one degree of separation away from him, then they have it. So I, th- it was very unique that that happened and it's, it's never awesome. happened at any of the other ones um it hasn't happened uh it hasn't happened in that manner uh in any of these in any of the games before there's always been a mix of cigars when it was in tampa obviously cigar city jc newman had cigars in there the davidoff tampa there were some lfps in there too um you know there's connections to the cigar business don't get me wrong and there's cigar smokers but never so player driven yeah with this one like one of your big, we know stars. what Joe Burrow smokes smoked for cigars. We know uh what Joe Mixon and the guys smoked. We we saw them with a box of tobacco special. We saw uh, the guys with LFD cigars. We saw them with other products. Um, I, there was another one that they posted. I can't remember what it was, but uh, we know that and it was very player driven. Which in the past it hasn't been. Uh, you know, when the Patriots won, it was driven by Robert Kraft. You know, right. hey, uh, he's a billionaire. I'm going to give you a great cigar. We're going to smoke Padrones. We're going to do that. You know, he was a Padrone smoker. Uh, but this one's so player-driven, and it's uh, it's special. I, it's special for our industry to, to have that, um, and it's special for the game. The, the, and the media also seems to be embracing it, which is interesting. Uh, you know, CBS up in Cincinnati's run stories on LFD um, that I've posted online. They've run news stories. Uh, they did a live report from a cigar shop Outside of Dayton recently, where they where they highlighted what Joe Burrow smoked, yeah, the wharf, uh, which was crazy. Yeah, there at the wharf, yeah, yeah, it was awesome, and wow. um, and it and it's the media is kind of embracing it, and it's cause it's cool, like Joe 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 Cool, Joe Burr. um, you know, it's really fun to watch that, and uh, they're having a great time at the same time, so it's it's really intriguing, and it's something we haven't seen in our industry. Directly related to the sport and related to the Super Bowl, and uh, I mean everybody's trying to get
0: cigars to them. trust me, everybody's trying to get them I'm, out that they I'm know sure they your, I'm sure your State's working it too. Yeah, so 100, absolutely, yeah. and it should be. Um, and the other thing I'll just say is, uh, and I, Bear and I kind of say this a lot: if you're at the PCA right now, get to Joe Burrow and give him an invitation to the trade show. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you don't have to do anything; just invite uh, him as, a, as an ambassador. This invite
2: a, him and his buddies, invite all of them, invite them, invite, invite, in
0: invite
1: them all, invite, invite the team. They're the them. AFC champions,
0: right so now? Invite like them. At, in. at
1: the very least, at the worst case,
0: they are the AFC. And, champions. and let them ask for free samples and give them free samples. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, that's exactly what they should be doing. You, you know, I yeah. think it would, you know, because even John, you've seen it like and bear. You've seen it with um, Ed Reed. Um, I could tell you it was Michael Turner when he was, I'll never forget the incident with Michael Turner and uh, Ray Lewis getting together, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, that was, you know, it didn't really get talked a lot about, but you know, there was a cool incident where Ray Lewis is telling the story, how Michael, like Michael Turner, uh, like he intercepted a ball and Michael Turner just like gank gave him one of the hardest tackles, you know, a running back gave him one of the hardest tackles he ever took, you know? So it, it, I think this is a good thing. And, you know, David Ortiz can't forget that. You know, remember the line bear for David Ortiz? Uh, we couldn't even get to him. So yeah. I think this is a, a PCA. I mean, there's enough connections out there uh, where a couple of phone calls can make this happen very easy. And I think it'll be great. And because these guys would come back and they would even be better ambassadors to the industry. Yeah. I'll tell you,
2: if, if the Bengals win the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow for some reason happens to light up an LFD special football edition or anything that says LFD on it, I promise you, I know, I know some people at LFD I promise you he will be sent an invitation to come down and, and spend some time with us at the factory uh, and, I was, and yeah. learn about cigars. Uh, yeah. I and mean, we will we will make a point of it uh, if that's something that he's interested in doing. And we won't, we won't make a big deal about it if unless he wants to, you know, if he wants to post stuff about it. Uh, but the, the recognition and the, the, he likes cigars. We'd be happy to, to have him be part of it and learn more about it. And I said, for us, we're not looking for like celebrity endorsements. Uh, We're just not big enough of a company for it. We just want to say thank you and let them learn something and and enjoy it as a a friendly side of it. So uh, on a personal level, I'm really hoping they do. And I hope he lights up. And uh, honestly, even after it, uh, even without that, uh, you know, there's probably an invitation headed his direction uh, to come down and learn a little bit more Uh, about cigars. I
0: I was going to say it would be, it would be great. Like to get, I mean, Bear and I were at Davidoff and it was the week after the Cubs were there, you know? So uh, the Cubs had come down the week before uh and i think it was it was several members of the team there, right wasn't just like right yeah and then because uh, we were with hanky and he was just hanky's a big baseball fan uh, actually i was with hanky you were rolling cigars <laughs> i was rolling cigars <laughs> i i got to go to i was in hanky's office because i i didn't want to roll cigars yeah. I you were got,
1: you were you were in hanky's office hanging out with hanky Kellner, having him give you stuff out of his personal stash. And I was rolling cigars. It's called, it's called living our best
0: lives. Coop. It's fine. Yeah, it's called, it's called like I've made, I've tried to roll cigars before and I know how bad I could be. There's something better I can do. I'll just go into Hanky's office. That's what I, okay. so I, I almost Phil chopped off
1: I, my pinky with a, with the chevette. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, and,
0: cool. I'm, and I'm hanging out with Havana Phil in, in the office. there. <laughs> Pretending to get lost going to the bathroom. That's exactly what I did. I pretended yeah. to get lost coming from the bathroom. It was it was it was totally staged. But uh so yeah, I think agree. And I don't know, maybe the Rams, maybe something happens with the Rams too, that people get to the Rams, uh, you know, if they win that game, uh certainly I think everyone should just take a I mean, I can't see them not smoking cigars, the Rams. Why wouldn't they not? Absolutely. Uh unless unless so now the only thing I want okay, so here is the only catch I wonder. Is SoFi Stadium gonna put some California rule in that these guys can't light up a cigar? That's the one I'm worried about more than anything. They're I gonna know.
2: they're gonna do whatever they want. They're Find gonna them. do whatever they want. Good. You gotta Find do them. what they want. Fine. They got you gotta you got, by the way, the owner, the owner, if the Bengals win, the owner of that team will pay all the fines. And for some reason, if he didn't, every single one on that team can afford to <laughs> can afford to pay the fine. And I'm sure yeah. whoever lights up first will I'm, I'm sure they'd be happy to it won't be a big deal. And then what yeah. they're gonna kick them out anyway. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. But uh, yeah, the game, there's a couple things that are exciting for me on the game. Um, So you got the matchup for me is very interesting. Uh, Matthew Stafford's elite. He's an elite player. Um, He was obviously the missing piece on that team. Uh, He's definitely, definitely not even a question uh, light years ahead of Jared Goff. Um, The team was good. Their offense is very well run. McVeigh is an offensive mind. bind. Yep. Um, he and uh, Stafford are buddy buddies. Uh, they're on the same page. Uh, they're going to play a very, I think they're going to play a clean game. I don't think you're going to see tons of errors or forced errors. Uh, the Bengals defense is kind of middle of the road. Uh, and so isn't the uh, Rams defense is pretty middle of the road, even though they have Donald, uh, Aaron Donald uh, Von Miller and Ramsey and other good players too, but they still were kind of middle of the road. They do put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, but you're going to see clean offense by the Rams, in my opinion, just because the defense doesn't force a ton of turnovers. And you're going to see uh, you're going to see middle of the road defense being played on both sides. So I think you're going to see some scoring. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, Take- and in my opinion, the the Bengals offensive line is not great. But Joe Burrow's really good. It's, um, it's the worst so offensive the line I've
0: seen in a Super Bowl. Yeah, they're terrible. It's a um, bad offensive line, but, you, but you're right on just, Burrow.
2: Yeah. He's two games out from being sacked nine times, but he's really, really good, and he's, he's a dynamic player. Um, he's very different. He, and the, the thing that is the intangible for him is he doesn't know what losing in a big spotlight is. Like this for him, he has no pressure on him because this is all he's ever done. This is just a normal week for him because he doesn't. He he was a year and a half out from winning a national title, and he had the broken, he had the the torn leg. Then he comes in and he's in this game. His confidence levels through the roof, and the pressure on him is so much lower than it is on Matthew Stafford. Stafford's got all the pressure in the world. He's been elite. He needs the Super Bowl to take his legacy to another level. He's he's 13 years into his career. Um, It's a really different dynamic. Um, so I think Joe Burrow is the X factor just because of the uh, the way he carries himself, the confidence mm-hmm. level he has going into it and where he's at in his career, where it's really a nothing to lose opportunity on his end other than just losing the Super Bowl, which is a big deal. But he's got you know, the the future is very bright. So I look at this game, the the X factor being Joe Burrow um, and the ability of him to put up points against a mediocre Rams defense
1: yeah just a couple of points to add on to that so like to talk a little bit about like the Bengals and everything like I I grew up you know a Packers fan um everyone knows my story about that but I I I, I loved the Bengals going back to Boomer Esiason yes because of his name and he was really good and I follow I also was a Jeff Blake fan I loved Carl Pickens um, there were some really, really good players on the Bengals and they never did it. They didn't do anything in the nineties. They were ter- You know, they weren't terrible, but they weren't ever good, you know?
0: Well, they then, bring Bruce Coslett in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, and then my, and then the quarterback from my alma mater, Andy Dalton goes there and, and has success. You know, he takes him to the, to the playoffs can't get over the hump. Um, but, you know, he has some success there in Cincinnati. And, and so I've, I've always liked, I've always liked that franchise. Um, uh, I was, I was a fan of Joe Burrow coming out of college. Um, I thought, I thought he, you know, you know, just echoing all the sentiments that that Carney just talked about, but I, I am thrilled to death because I finally get to root for Matt Stafford for his entire career. He has played on a rival team to my, to my Packers. I have been forced to root against him um because he plays uh, on a he played on a rival franchise uh with the Lions I've I've loved Matt Stafford since high school I watched him play in the state championship football game against Chase Daniel uh and I totally lost that bet um with my brother cuz I thought Chase Daniel was going to be the better NFL quarterback I was wrong about that <laughs> uh, but um but I've 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 followed that kid since high school I think he is I think he's Fantastic. I think he's a. I think he's a great individual person. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's a like as Carney said. He's an elite quarterback, and he finally is getting the opportunity and the recognition that he deserves. Uh, he is. His talent was wasted in Detroit, as was Calvin Johnson, as was Barry Sanders. Their talent was wasted. Three. Now, I would not put Stafford in at the level of johnson and sanders respectively in their positions but it's not too far off three amazing talents three arguably hall of fame players well two of them are hall of fame stafford maybe maybe not at this point but
2: maybe but he wins the super bowl he's definite
1: yeah and i mean that franchise what a just a shit show and so this is this is a really great this is really great to see i for the first time in a long time, like I'm I have no rooting interest in the sense of like I don't I really don't care who wins. I'm excited for both teams. I'm excited to see the game and uh, whoever ends up on top, I will genuinely be happy for. Um, and uh, it's it's going to be a it's it I'm, I'm hoping for a great game. I'm hoping for a great event. I think it's going to be two young coaches going at it. Um, to Carney's point, the defense in Cincinnati, I think is going to be the falling point. I don't think it's going to be on Joe Burrow. Um, but here's my hot take. If staff Stafford's kind of a gunslinger, man, you know, he threw 17 picks this season. If he throws two picks in this game, Cincinnati wins. So he throws two picks Cincinnati wins this game. Turnovers are going to be a big deal. The. I'm with you
2: on Stafford. He's one of my favorite players. I love him. I love to watch him in Detroit. I'd watch Lions games just to watch him play because every game they had a chance because Matthew Stafford was on the field, 100%. Um, even when they were bad. Um, it was great. Um, my best friend's last game in the NFL, uh, Matt uh, Mulligan, was when he played for the Lions or Stafford, and it was uh, Packers versus Lions to get into the playoffs, and the Packers won. Um, that was on New Year's Day many years back, four or five years back. Um, it was awesome. I loved watching Stafford. I saw him in person after. He's a great guy. I really, really do love him. And uh, I really like the team. The team's very good. Uh, however, there are some times in the season where there's been some sketchy moments and things should happen the way they shouldn't have happened. And I think the Bengals are a team that when things happen the way they shouldn't happen, they're scary because they have, they have some transcendent talent on that team. Um, as I said, Burrow's the X factor. He's he's a guy. If everything goes the way that should, he's going to be. He he could potentially be one of the top players in the league if he's not already, and um, he's the real deal. And Jamar Chase is absurd. That guy is yes. Their receiving core is really good. Uh, Mixon's a great running back. Um, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup was the MVP for me this last year, this this season. Jamar Chase might be the best wide receiver setting foot on that field in the Super Bowl. Um, the guy is an animal of a human being, um, and as I said, he may be the best wide receiver on that on that field, um, which makes him potentially the best offensive player on that field too. So that's a really that's a really unique situation. So I said, with Burrow being an X factor, if you putting out a guy like Jamar Chase. Um, who's really uncoverable, um, is really, really tough. Um, so it's 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 gonna be a really good game, the way I look at it. Um, and if we can break it down and analyze statistics and stuff. I'm just gonna refuse to do that this year. Uh, because this is gonna be this is a wild card of a Super Bowl, and I think it's gonna be live up to everything that it should. Like, I don't think this is gonna come out and be, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of rust. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of wishy-washiness. I think these teams are going to come out and play right from the beginning, and they're going to start trying to go after each other.
1: Well, to your point about Jamar Chase, there, uh, John D. The, I think the the what becomes the 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 real X factor in the game is Joe Mixon, because um, Joe Mixon is what Sony Michelle dreams about being. Exactly. Um, and and that's not that's not even I'm not even trying to take a necessary dig at Sony Michelle. I, I think that I mean, like that's they're they're the same type of running back, they're the dual threat. Uh, and Drew Muxon is just is just eon's better. Um, but if you've got Ramsey covering J- Chase, I mean T Higgins can go off. Tyler Boyd can go off. I mean and so
2: can Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase can go off on Ramsey. That that, that for me is a unique thing, which we talked. Seth, we got Right. live, live, live. This is what happens on live. Anyway, <laughs> so it, it, we it, there's no question that Matt Stafford has the better pedigree and more experience. And if I was picking a quarterback to play in this game in the Super Bowl between these two, I would pick Stafford. Absolutely. Ramsey's
1: hurt too, isn't he? He's got a shoulder injury.
2: Yeah. So I'd pick Stafford. However, let's look at the other offensive positions. I said Cooper Cup is the MVP. I'm still picking Jamar Chase over him. I'm still picking Joe Joe Mixon. So the other skill positions, I think the Bengals have them beat. However, (laughs) however, Cooper Cup is a stud. Odell Beckham Jr. can play like one of the top five players in the league if he shows up, which he's probably going to. So there's a lot of dynamics on the side, and we're talking one or two players when I'm looking at the Ram side where I'm talking three or four. So I'm saying the quarterback's better at this point in their career because he's more advanced. I'm saying that Odell Beckham can play like a top five player. Cooper Cup's probably the MVP. I'm saying that Jamar Chase is probably the most talented offensive player on the field. Mixon's the best running back. But for four, four of the six people I mentioned are on the Rams. <laughs> so that's a really big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So – my take of the game is this, um, and I want to be very wrong on what I'm going to say. Um, Rams have an incredible offense. I don't want to say it's the most prolific offense that we've seen in the Super Bowl. There's been more prolific offense, but it's a, it's a very, very good offense there um, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely say that part. Um, the, the Bengals, in my opinion, are going with the worst offensive line I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. I noticed some other intangible factors, and that defense is a question mark. This is how I see the game going down. I see the Rams striking early, and they strike early and hard, and the Bengals are going to be in a hole very early on this game, 21 nothing. But I think you'll start to see the Bengals claw back a bit and the Rams take their foot off the gas. Uh, I have a lot of confidence in the defense with the Rams, only because I, I'm, I think Raheem Morris has done a great job as defensive coordinator out there. Um, yes, he's got some superstars, but as you mentioned, there's, there's some holes in that defense. I think, I think the Rams win this pretty big. I think they're going to win 39 to 20. Um, and, uh, you know, Bengals won't have anything to be ashamed of coming out of that game, but, um, I just, I, it's just too much. I think the Bengals have to overcome, but I want to be, this is the game I want to be wrong in. I want to hope it's a close game and, and I want, you know, obviously we're all kind of pulling for burrow from a cigar piece, I think. Uh, the Bengals are a feel-good story. I just I don't see it this year. But let me tell you something: the Rams don't win it this year. There's good there. I the pressure that's going to be on that team next year is going to be enormous. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be enormous, and I don't know if they'll get another opportunity. So yep. uh, this is this was win, this is a win-now situation that they went for this year, and yep. they're going to have like you said, this is going to be a team that's going to have problems now. A guy like Sean McVay, you know, I don't know if he. I like to think he's gonna be there the next ten years. So um but you know, did they if this backfires did they go back to Sean McVay and say, you, you know, you you, you wanted all these moves, you didn't win it. So uh there's a lot of pressure on the Rams this year. But I think it's gonna be a high score like I said, high scoring game yeah. for sure. I think the over under was like forty six and a half points total scored. I take the over in this one. Yeah. Uh, 100% but the Rams are only the, the, the Rams are only a four and a half point favorite. That surprised me a bit. That surprised me a little bit that the line was as close as it was, but they're both four seeds. So I could see it. So bear, you, are you writing these down these picks? Yeah.
2: Cause, cause I'm going, I'm going 34, 31 bangles. And it's going to be one on a money Mac field goal. And then he's going to friggin' take that. And money Mac is a stud. The kid doesn't miss kicks. Money max winning the Super Bowl for them 34 31 Bengals.
0: All right. Bear, what about you? Um, man,
1: this uh, this is this one was really hard. Like I said, I think that um, I think it's gonna be a like I said, I think it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a great game. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. Take the over on the 46, uh, all all day, all day. Um, I think you're right, Coop. I think the Rams strike hard and strike early. We saw that with the Rams in the, in the Buccaneers game. Right. But what does this team do when it has a lead? It, you know, uh, Tom Brady is obviously uh burrow is not in the class of Tom Brady. We all, we all know that um, can, can burrow chip away at a, a lead? Like Brady can't, the answer is no. Um, but I think that, I think that like, uh, like, Carney was saying Burrow is the X factor. If again, if Stafford throws two picks in this game, the Bengals win it, and they win it tight, and they win it late, they win it on a game-winning kick, like what Carney's talking about. But what I really do see is I see I see them jumping up to a twenty-one to zero lead as well, Coop. I say that Burrow chips it back, it chips it away. I think there's gonna be a chip
0: away at this, no question.
1: And I think I think it's a lot tighter than what you're saying, um, but I think it's. Uh, but it, and and the second half is going to be really high scoring. You're going to see all the offenses come out to play. They're going to put on the gas burners and they're going to go whole hard. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a 35 to uh 30 uh, win for the Rams.
0: Interesting. With Matt
1: Stafford being your MVP.
0: I am I agree. Matt Stafford's the MVP in this game or Cooper cup, you know, it, but I can see, you know, that the one thing I just look at the weapon wise, um, you look at Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup? I have to give the advantage to, um, you know, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, but you know, that's a very you know, potent combination you still have with, with the Bengals. So it's not like that Burrow doesn't have weapons to throw. That offensive line is the big question mark I have. That's going to be my question mark in that game. Um, so. They've certainly proved they've beaten some, they've looked, they've beat, they've taken down some good teams in the playoffs. It isn't like they t- didn't take out good teams in the playoffs. So, um, we shall see. I think it's going to be, like I said, uh, we an entertaining game. I'll say that. Um, and, uh, we'll go from there.
2: Yeah, it's great. It's great for football. Um, the excitement level in Cincinnati is a great thing for the NFL. It's a great thing for that franchise. Um, it's great that LA's in it and it's in LA. That's a huge thing for the NFL to have that team be relevant in, in that market. Um, especially since we all watched them play the 49ers and it was almost like a Niners home game. Um, so this will be huge for the Rams. This is big. Any, either way, this is big for the NFL. And this is a great way for them to build in the future yeah. with all the young talent and all the, the great teams that are being led by some fun, exciting players uh, and this is a great way to highlight it. Um, again, I'm, I'm not going to be disappointed either way. My pick's the pick. I'm hoping that uh, Joe Burrow wins the MVP, goes to Disney World, and then goes and visits LFD after. But go. uh, it's going to yep. be a great game. It's, I think it's going to be a really good game. I don't think there's any way that it's not going to be enjoyable however it works out. So this is going to be a win-win for fans everywhere.
1: With the 46 being the over-under, Carney and I are picking 65 points total with our, with our, with our scores, our scores are a little bit different. Yep. We we're picking 65. You're, you're on the low end of that coup at 59 uh, at 59. Like, I mean, how bad does Vegas get this wrong? man? if it, it, like, if, if it's even close to 46, man, obviously the Vegas people know what they're doing, so it, but yeah. I just, I just don't, I mean, that's just so low.
0: Hi, I, I agree.
1: <laughs> Cardi's Car- Car- bringing all bringing all the, the ladies to the
0: podcast here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. Uh, hey, so speaking of the game, right? Um, so the game is in southern California, right? And it's the location of the game that's the topic of tonight's one must go segment. Uh, brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Habana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Adabe and Byron. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United. So, this is a hypothetical uh, question I'm putting out there, right? And I'm basically we all know that the Super Bowl is played in a warm weather city, or a dome stadium in the north, right? Um, and the only, I said, the only Super Bowl in recent memory um, was that New York Super Bowl that was outdoors in the winter. Um, but I posed three hypothetical cold weather games for a Super Bowl in three cities that I think are really good cities. And I want to know basically which one of these cities is, should be off the table for hosting a Super Bowl. All right. And uh, I'm curious what the answers are going to be. I have a feeling everyone's going to disagree with my answer. Um, and the three cities are Washington, D.C., Boston, Massachusetts. So I will assume that's Gillette Stadium, uh, and Chicago, Illinois. One of those cities should not even be considered for a Super Bowl. Which one? Mine's easy. Uh, Foxborough should never host a Super Bowl.
2: It's it's a nightmare on just regular games getting in and out of there. It's like a one-lane road, Route that's, One.
1: Yep. Route One it, is It's awful. a disaster. <laughs> it's awful,
2: man. Uh, Foxborough's in the middle of the woods, um, and that's the only place they could could host the Super Bowl in the stadium. The size of it, the stadium would be a great place for a Super Bowl, but the dynamic of where it is, it, it would be an absolute. Nightmare, um, so that should be one hundred percent never a consideration
1: uh, for a Super Bowl. Well,
0: interesting. <laughs> Proper people in. Wow, Bear, what do you think?
1: <laughs> Route one is terrible. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I disagree. For it. so, I looked at this a little bit differently. So, I, I think it would be really great to, um, you know, as much as I hate the Bears, right? soldier field is, uh, is one of, and I is an iconic stadium in this league. You know, it's, 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 it's up there. It's lame. You know, it's up there with Lambeau and, and, uh, you know, it, it would be awesome to see a Super Bowl hosted at soldier field. I think that'd be really cool. Um, that being said, you know, Chicago and DC have two of the worst crime rates in this country. Yeah. Um, and, um, I mean, the cities just it's just really unfortunate and you got to wonder you know i was just thinking about all these other aspects you just got to wonder about the safety of the people that are traveling to that during during those weeks you know um and that 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 certainly should be a, a factor to be considered when you're talking about never hosting a hosting one um washington dc uh is uh you know is already a polarizing city just because of politics being the nature of politics. Yeah. <laughs> and to top it all off, the Redskins. Oh, excuse me, the Guardians. Nope, excuse me, the Commanders. Yes, love the name, the Washington football. Yeah, I, I, I like the name. They're the I like football team to me now. They're yeah, the football so, team. Yeah. So one of the worst run uh, organizations in the league uh, shouldn't get the privilege of hosting. Uh, should not get the privilege of hosting a Super Bowl until they get that franchise in order, until that city gets in order. It is awful. Washington, D.C. should never host
0: a Super Bowl. Wow. Period. I didn't, that one I did not see coming from you. I have not it's seen t- you, all, all the you factors, guys, man. All the of you factors. Got, both of you guys have shocked me with your answers, actually. I got to be honest with you. Wow. Root one's bad, Coop. Yeah. <laughs> John,
1: John's right on the mic. Yeah. Root one's bad. Going,
2: I hate going to regular season games there, let alone having anyone have to deal with having a Super Bowl there. Because we can say, oh, Boston. It's not Boston. <laughs> it's yeah. it's, it's it Boston <laughs> would be a disaster too, but it's not. It's like saying
1: the Giants are not. It's yeah, it's terrible. not New York. It's New Jersey. Yeah. 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 Terrible. Yeah. But, but yeah. at
2: least it's the city. You know, it is still the city. East Rutherford yeah. is the city. It's still part of it like this is not even remotely close to any of it
0: yeah so all right here's my take on this um and actually um washington doesn't play in dc just keep that in mind they play in up uh, outside the city and uh the city's escaping me the name but it's 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 far enough outside downtown um so the, the thing about this is that washington and, and chicago are probably going to have new stadiums at some point pretty soon, right? So, I'm going to assume that the stadiums will be up to, uh, like, of the three stadiums, Gillette Stadium, while I haven't been there, I would say is the best stadium of the three. Um, but I'm going to assume that they'll all have, like, stadiums. North Angle in Maryland, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, it's in, it's in they play in Maryland, so they play north of, of D.C. Um, So, I'm assuming they have the stadiums at some point there. Let, let's start Washington, D.C. Let's take, and I understand the Daniel Snyder thing, right? And hopefully that that gets corrected before this is awarded if if it's awarded right, um, it's the capital of our country, um, and this is a this is the biggest national sporting event, you know that we have single day. Um, why shouldn't our capital country, capital of our country, host a Super Bowl? I mean, I understand the Daniel Snyder stuff aside. So I mean, I I have that one thing going. Um, New England, uh, uh, Foxborough. I'm going to say it's Boston. Uh, hey, that's a great city too. Um, the Patriots have certainly become, you know, it's, a, it's an elite franchise in the history of this country. They certainly are deserving of, of, I think that's, you know, they've done so good for not just the city, but for, um, you know, football as a whole. I mean, I think it would be a, a good thing for that stadium to have it. Uh, and then Chicago, um, you know, the history, I would love to see it at Soldier Field. I, from what I'm hearing, that stadium may end up going into the suburbs, uh, that new stadium. So that's going to be something to watch, by the way, uh, with that. But I would love to see it kind of on, on the Lake Michigan. Uh, if You walk around Soldier Field, it's, it's an amazing place to walk around. Um, but that being said, all three of those, I agree with Carney. The, issue, the only issue why I wouldn't give it to Gillette Stadium is uh, that Route 1 and accessibility to the game has got to be key. Um, It's very important for a Super Bowl, getting people from hotels, getting people, you know, logistically to the game. Um, And I think they I don't think snow is a factor in any of these. They're all capable of removing snow for a Super Bowl. I'm not worried about that. But uh, I'm going to have to say Boston as well, simply because of the accessibility to the stadium. Uh, Well, I haven't been there. I'm hearing it from John. I'm hearing it from other people. It's a a tough place to get in and out of. So It, it, it gets kicked to the curb, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, people wouldn't make it make it home until like the next
0: week. It would
1: take like a week for them to get home.
0: See, I had this all pegged different. I thought that Bear was gonna kick Chicago to the curb, and and you were gonna kick DC. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're asking me, I mean, I hate the Bears. I mean, I I I think
2: DC a DC Super Bowl would be amazing. Since our nation's capital, that's the biggest argument. Dan Snyder's also the biggest argument. Why not? But it's the biggest argument. Why should go after him? Yeah, yeah. What a bigger place to highlight than the nation's capital? Even though there's a bunch of political bullshit. that would be that would be Trincity. It's still the capital of the greatest nation on the planet.
0: Yeah. Well look, they gave California a Super Bowl, right? And there's look at the politics going on out there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean true. that's why I'm gonna yeah. yeah. Uh, true. So yeah, so yeah, that was um interesting. I thought that was interesting. So that was uh one must go. Um sponsored by united cigars so john what i want to do is bear and i have uh, we're going to do a quick segment on great things are happening here then i just want to touch on a couple of lfd things to close out is that okay sure. you okay perfect okay. yeah, bourbon. yeah bourbon, all right so <laughs> uh this is our great things are happening here segment uh sponsored by uh tobacco Lara usa and uh makers of iconic brands such as monte cristo Romeo, who at h, h. upman and aging room cigars tobacco usa great things are happening here so we try to highlight a positive story in the news uh this is one of our favorites uh, segments to do, um, and Bear, I want to kind of—I'm going to let you kick it off this week. Uh, you always find a very positive story. So, uh, what do you got this week?
1: Well, as always, Coop, I go to thegoodnewsnetwork.org. Even before this segment started, I—I um, always—I had, had this website, but bookmarked i really enjoy it it's it's a great uh it's a great site that finds like these offbeat uh these off the beaten path stories they're just good fields feel good stories you know and, and from all different avenues of life you know there's sports related stuff there's human interest there's environmental there's there's even you know good stuff in politics that no one talks about like they find everything they find the good in a lot of stuff and i so go check it out bookmark uh the good news network.org. Uh, that's where I get all of my stories for this segment. It's my one of my favorite segments each uh, each every other week when we do this show, Coop. I love it. I say it every time we do it. Uh, and my story uh, is revolving around uh, the country of Scotland uh, as they're trying to save their wild salmon population by planting millions of trees along the rivers in Scotland. So Scottish salmon is like some of the highest, the, the most highly sought after um you know salmon in the world you know um they're the, the particularly the the salmon roe from scottish uh, salmon are, are is really highly sought after as well um so the um so what scotland is doing is they're the the rivers in scotland are reaching record temperatures which is not good uh, for the massive population of uh, Scottish salmon. So what the, uh, the country of Scotland is doing is providing and planting a mass number of native trees uh, to cloak the shallows and shade in order to protect the, the waters and keep where the salmon prefer to, to, to populate. There are a total of 64,000 miles of salmon river habitat in Scotland and the tree plantings hope to increase the overall biodiversity of insect, bird, and plant life among them. Tree nurseries are, uh, are working at a, at a fervid pace to include aspen, willow, hawthorn, Scots pines, native rowan, juniper, birch, and they'll start with 250,000 individuals and grow to more than a million. The area is going to be pensed off to prevent to be eaten away by deer. The angling season that just started uh, for salmon along the rivers, um, uh, along some of the rivers, including the national park. Uh, Is one of the most famous of the salmon rivers uh, in, uh, I think I'm going to say this incorrectly, but the Caring Norms National Park. Um, and it's estimated it will provide between five to six million pounds annually to local communities. So not only are we helping out the environment and replenishing the waters so that Scottish salmon can flourish, they're bringing uh, jobs to local communities and to the local economy of Scotland. I mean, this is an all-around great story that, frankly, no one talks about because you know it's Scotland and it's salmon and who cares, right? But I do, and I thought it was really cool, and I think it's awesome that uh, that Scotland's doing all of this uh, to um, to not only take care of their environment, uh, take care of their native uh, some of their native uh, um, animal. Uh, Population, but also sustain their own economy by providing millions of jobs.
0: That's a good story, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I you know, it's kind of funny. I don't think you know, you don't think it's Scotland and salmon sometimes, but yeah, that's a yeah. Yeah, It's yeah. I mean, everyone thinks
1: of king salmon, and we're here in America, so I mean, Alaska. You know, salmon out of Alaska. I mean, is is it's 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 awesome. I mean, and and there's so many farm raising salmon. Uh, uh, you know. (laughs) <laughs> uh facilities that's the word i was looking for um here in north america too where atlantic salmon is probably dominance but you know scottish salmon is really highly sought after uh there's scottish salmon season here uh that we, we where we get it uh here in the united states and i mean i i worked in the seafood department of a local grocery store in college i can tell you <laughs> it's it's fantastic <laughs> it's really good and it's uh, people go crazy for it so um and uh, but it's even bigger, obviously, in Europe and what it does for what it does for the uh, Scottish economy uh, is 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 terrific. And so it's great that they're they're putting so much effort into protecting that.
0: Nice job. Nice job. All right. Mine. And I'm going to I'm going to give the abbreviated version because there's a lot in this story. Uh, it comes from today.com. Um, The story is that there is a mom who uh, survived covid a heart attack and three strokes, uh, survived. And the important thing is this happened while she was pregnant and he gave birth and there's a happy story at the end of, the day of that. Um, there's a lot in this story. Uh, she wasn't vaccinated. In fact, in the interview, she regrets getting vaccinated because maybe some of this wouldn't happen. But, um, you know, when she, what happened is she started experiencing, um, she started experiencing uh, symptoms of COVID, and it's hard to tell if it's COVID or, or morning sickness. Um, and um, she went to the hospital, and you know they, they, she needed oxygen, and she, they thought she'd be there for a week. Um, and it turned out for a 139-day stay. Um, she was on oxygen, and it wasn't helping, and they had to put her on a ventilator for a while. Um, and then she had to go on something called ECMO which is a, uh, a heart lung bypass machine. Uh, it's typically used with, with people having heart problems. Um, and unfortunately that all led to the heart attack and, and uh, stroke, the, you know, obviously the flow of the oxygen thing is. Uh, so this was very, very, a very serious situation. Um, and, uh, you know, when she, but the baby actually uh, did very, very well, you know, considering everything. Um, But it was a very, very tough situation she went through. Um, And um, her name's Diana Crouch. But in the end, uh, they were able to um, they were able to, you know, wean her off the ventilator. um, And they eventually did have to do a cesarean to deliver the baby. Uh, But the great news is she went in the hospital back in August and two days before Christmas, she came home uh, with, with the baby right now. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, a beautiful story that kind of, uh, you know, ended, which could have been something very, very, uh, very serious. So, um, can't imagine what that family went through, but, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, a good story to have. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole thing on vaccines or whatever, but like I said, she was very open regretting not getting those vaccines because she was worried about being pregnant and getting the vaccine. So, um, you know, but uh, we'll put the we'll put these stories out uh, in the show notes. So uh, both of these guys stories, I think uh, very, very good, good stories for uh, great things happening here. And
1: in the spirit of that, Coop, I, I, you know, something that we've been remiss this entire show, um, I, it's a little belated, but I think uh, we I think we owe. I think we owe our guest of honor a,
0: a, a congratulations. We didn't even do that. Yes, Congru- so last year, yeah. like, yeah, last year, uh, this guy was a single guy. Uh, he's a married man now uh, with, with a beautiful. He's daughter. got the
1: iron too, man. He's been throwing his hand up. I've been seeing the, I've been seeing the iron, man. Yep, the hardware.
0: Yep. It's all good. Beautiful. Uh, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. It was, it was a beautiful baby. I love the name Autumn. Uh, I think it's a beautiful name and uh welcome to the world of having a daughter John uh, my daughter turns 30 on uh, February 17th so uh it, you're gonna have a, a wonderful there's nothing like I have one only one daughter to, I have three boys and one daughter and there's nothing like having daughters I'll tell you that uh, you're gonna have a very special relationship uh with that and uh, it's gonna be beautiful to watch her grow up and everything so congratulations to you and Alexandra uh, you. for both of you guys uh, thank very thank happy you. for you. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well with, well,
2: with the uh, with the newfound time I had with uh, with us not being able to keep up with the cigar industry's demands as an industry, which I is that I congratulate all the cigar consumers out there for out smoking the business. But yeah, with all that extra time I have, I, I found uh I, I got married, had a kid, I did everything in I did everything all that newfound free time I had. Yep. So I guess that was that was all I was missing was the time. So yeah. then, when I had it, we did it. No, it's been great. She's special. Autumn's great. We we said we had. We'll all share uh, one of her cigars sometime together. That'll be a blast. And uh, I probably have some down the Dominican, so we uh, we might get to smoke that. Oh, it will be beautiful. I, I would. But, love uh, that. but yeah, she's been great. It's it's she's sleeping well. My wife's a superstar. I'm not just saying it because uh, she's just, she listens and uh, whatnot, but uh, she uh, she definitely carries the load. She's a the modern working mom at the same time and. Uh, it's been great, and her family and my family have been a huge help. They've allowed us to maintain our dreams and things at the same time. And uh, Autumn kind of comes along for the ride, so she's been more of a more of an addition than uh, uh, she's added to to what we want to do in our yeah. future, rather than uh, us making any sacrifices for it. So it's been great, and it's definitely a special thing. And everybody says like, "Oh, is your life different now?" But, you know, my life hasn't changed significantly. I wouldn't say like I'm, I. think I've always been prepared. I was brought up to to be a father, uh, the way I was brought up. But uh, the one thing that does change is literally everything that I do now. Like she's on my mind, and my family's on my mind with it. Whereas, uh, you know, I would say thirteen months ago, fourteen months ago, I was the only focus of what everything I was doing. You know, my job, my life was what, what I was doing. Um, so having that uh, having that on there is a really great way of thinking yeah. uh, i much prefer i much prefer this approach than the approach i had before
1: you can be honest john i've been noticing you've been looking at your phone a couple times during this podcast and i know you've been sneaking pictures uh, sneaking looking at pictures of her i know that's what you've been doing too
2: yeah well i got we got we got all the technology man so i can watch her sleep i can watch her heart rate her oxygen levels so i checked that throughout the night to make sure she's still sleeping and uh and she's doing that, so that's a fun thing to watch. So yeah, I, I check that out. My wife's been sending me some pictures and whatnot. Yep. Um, so yeah, you know, she's she's great and it's been been super special. There will be another child at some point in time, just not uh not any time in the next uh this year. I told <laughs> my wife since we since we did everything in one year, we did a lifetime of things in one year that the year 2022 needed to be uh, kind of a break, but we'll see if uh we'll see if that's what God has lined up for us or not
0: sure Uh, it's a beautiful thing um and like i said there's a you'll have a special relationship with your daughter um and like i said the one i have with my daughter uh you know that walking down the aisle thing is tough i'll just say that um but uh you know, at the same time, it's got
1: kind of a little ways before that coops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, bear,
0: well, bear, We're three and a half months in right now. Well, Bear was asking me about the grandchildren over the weekend because I was down uh, at my daughter and son. We, we were down. My wife and I were down at daughter and son. Oh, don't call out.
1: me out like that, man. Come on.
0: <laughs> I was asking too. Don't feel bad. I'm, like we're beginning to wonder, you know. Uh, but, you know, when, when the cards come, uh, we'll, we'll be happy with that. Uh, and by the way, you know, I, I think, I don't know if I've mentioned this. Uh, I think I may have made my son-in-law is a, is a doppelganger for Brian Dable is what I'll just say. He is, he has got the beard. He's the big guy with the beard and stuff. So, um, so yeah, and he's a good guy. So, uh, um, he got the TV situation worked out this weekend, which, which has been a problem in the past, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. So John, last thing, um, you know, I know you've been talking a lot about LaFleur, um, you know, it, it sounds like you guys are getting ready to have a, a, a big year, um, but let me ask a question first. Before that, the Gourmet Smoke Series—where wh- does that stand right now? Because I know that was about to come to a close at some point early this year.
2: Yeah, yeah. the The grand finale of season one um, was scheduled for February with our friends at Corona Cigar Company. We were going to be doing the grand finale in Tampa uh, at the Davidoff store this February. So this month, um, however, the we're doing a really special project with them. Um, we're doing a, uh, a collaboration between Florida Sun Grown and LFD for the wow. grand finale. It'll be the most unique one that we've done uh, for the whole gourmet sessions. It'll be our final session for season one. Um, that got pushed back just because of production as the year started. And yep. then also getting tobacco from one country to another During holiday season, uh, tends to be a logistical nightmare. Um, But those are in production. We'll we'll be giving more information about that when that comes up. Uh, But there will be a season one finale uh, sometime probably before the end of April uh, for season one. And then season two is going to be starting up right around the same time um, in April as well. And it will be a little different than last year. Uh, Season two is going to be the Gourmet Smoke Sessions Tour de Mundo. It's gonna be a tour of the world where we'll have uh, special cigars that are made just for the events uh, that will be paired with dishes. So we'll be doing uh, five different blends from different places and utilizing different tobaccos around the world. And they'll be paired with dishes that coordinate uh, with those blends. So that'll be starting in sometime in April. Uh, We'll be announcing that in March uh, with a little bit more details um, on that. And uh, we're gonna be doing a little bit more than we did in previous years. Uh, the program will be a little more streamlined uh, for the retailer side, uh, so it won't be as um, as challenging to get done. Uh, you know, we with the challenges with production and uh, ability to produce and being at partial capacity all of last year, it strangely made it easier to do some of the small special projects we had because we weren't tied up uh, with the factory booming, uh, you know, as we were trying to get rollers and trying to reestablish um, reestablished where we were at prior to the restrictions that were placed upon us, in the Dominican. Uh, so a lot of those projects were really fun and there wasn't a lot of new stuff going on. So that was something that we did that was exciting uh, with the bespoke cigars for each event. Uh, this year will be focused around five unique cigars that are made just for the event. Um, and those will be at each of those events and only at those events. And uh, we'll be able to streamline that a little bit more. Um, and then the in-person experience is going to be a little more elaborate. Uh, we've got some lighting, and some new signage and some uh, picture opportunities and things that are going to be coming with it to get a little bit more social media exposure and more involvement with the consumers and the retailers uh, on the store level. And again, we'll be doing uh, some virtual broadcasts through Hacking Gourmet with that as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll be announcing that sometime in March. Uh, really, the focus at LFD right now is to get through February. We have Pro Cigar Festival coming up in a few weeks. Uh, that's a really big, busy time of the year. And then on top of that, uh, the factories at a full 100% um, where we were at prior to COVID. So, uh, we had just finished a substantial expansion of the factory. Uh, so we're going to start seeing that growth here soon. Uh, so yeah, we're getting through February. We're going to focus on, uh, this month, the logistics of setting everything up, uh, for, uh, the season finale of our event program, and then taking it to the next level with season two, um, uh, with that. So it's an exciting beginning of the year, I'm um, excited to get that started a slight delay on it. We're just pushing it back just to make sure we do everything right. Um, and it's planned right with our retail partners. And, uh, and then there we're, you know, we're going to get back on a little bit of a normal schedule to some projects that we've had in our back pocket that have, uh, that have been put on hold the last three years. Uh, that'll be coming back this year. We're looking at rebranding uh, well, giving a facelift and a rebrand to one of our uh, original lines um, at some point time, uh, some point in time this year. Lito Jr. has a cigar that he's finalized and been working on the last four years. It'll be hitting the market at some point in time this year. And there's a few other projects. Uh, the return of the LG line, uh, yeah. Lito Gomez line hasn't been out for about five years, six years, actually. Um, so that'll be returning at some point in time, maybe later in the year. And then we have a couple fun projects where we're finalized. Uh, we're finishing up the distribution and shipping of the 2021 TAA, uh, which was supposed to be out in oh, 2020, yeah. which got yep. held up. And then we've got a fun final uh, a final blend that we're going to do on the 50th anniversary theme that we've done the last four years uh, that will be coming out at the end of the year. So tons of exciting stuff coming up, um, some variations of things we already make. There'll be some new stuff out there, but the main focus right now, um, I said, is getting uh, making sure the factory is where it needs to be as we're starting to pump things out at 100%. Uh, getting a secure uh, hold on our regular production SKUs and some of our limited production SKUs that are more regular, um, setting up the next step for the Gourmet Smoke Session Season 2, and then uh, bringing Season 1 to an end and then focusing on uh, on the uh, spring and summer and then the fall. So uh, this year is going to go by fast. There's a lot of fun stuff going on. Some of the projects uh, will fall into 2023, I'm sure. Uh, but it's going to be a really fun 18 months here at LFD, and a lot of exciting stuff going forward. And if you're a retailer watching and you're a consumer watching and, uh, and had a hard time getting your hands on it, um, hopefully the LFD still remains in high demand. And there's sometimes is challenges to get things, uh, you know, but uh, hopefully there's, uh, there's less gaps in between that as uh, we return to a little bit more of a normal operation at the new level of expansion that we finished three years back.
0: That's great news. That's great news. I can tell you, I've enjoyed some of those gourmet smoke session cigars uh that candela was amazing i sent one to our guy in australia who does a music show with me dave he's he's a uh candela he's the biggest candela lover i know uh we smoked it on a show he loved it so uh um and uh yeah i managed to even buy a second like i managed to get two of the five packs because i went and bought more of them after i smoked the room candela is something i smoked through very fast because i don't like the age candela uh, but that was an amazing. That was just an amazing cigar. Um, and,
2: and that one will be back, actually, for St. Patrick's Day this year. We'll be doing, um, we'll be doing an event with Fox again for yep. St. Patrick's Day, and that cigar will be back. And we've got some plans with that with uh, a little smoke along and a, uh, a virtual broadcast we'll be doing out there. And uh, actually, Mitchell Fox, the owner of Fox, just called me today. I was tied up because I'm, uh, I'm training a new sales manager here in the Dallas market for just a day or so. Uh, getting him uh, situated, and i uh, going to give him a call back tomorrow, and uh, we're going to finalize our plans for our St. Patrick's Day party this year, so that's coming up soon, too.
0: No, They were great folks, the folks at Fox, because um, I remember those cigars came, like, the day after the event, or something like that. Yeah, and they got and they got them right yeah. out to me. It Yeah, they they do an
2: excellent job there. They really and, did. They really uh, did. It was, it was uh yeah, it's good that it's great that we're gonna get to do it again this year and uh, and really fully execute the way that we planned on doing it last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good because uh, and they've been just they've been fun smokes, those uh those gourmet smoke sessions. So. Uh, well, I- it's I- only
2: getting better and it's coming to a town near you. And uh, they'll still be, we're not going to go crazy with it. We're not going to be doing them yeah. everywhere. Uh, it's going to be very selective, but uh, it's going to be a really fun concept. And we're taking it to another level on the cigar side and we're taking it to another level on the culinary side, too. So it's uh, a lot of fun stuff. And uh, if you get a chance to check those out, uh, we we'll always invite you to come in person, but uh, we will be doing an online version of it, too. So uh, keep an eye out.
0: That's great. And you just, you kind of mentioned this, but, you know, quietly I've noticed you guys have been, you know, re-upping your sales force. So um, you guys have basically, that's a great thing to see as well. So um, that's, that's nice to see. Uh, there's, there's
2: nobody that enjoys that
0: more than me. Yes. I can imagine <laughs> that. I can imagine that. So uh, that's a good job there as well. Um, it's really good to see that as well. Um, Thank you. you know, cause there were some tough decisions. I know you had to make a couple of years ago and the company had to make and Uh, but you know, things, you know, it's great to see anyone. And I'll say, if anyone thought Florida Medicana was going away, uh, no. (laughs) So.
2: Yeah, we're, we're here. We're strong. We, we never went anywhere. Uh, we'll be back to full, um, we'll be back to a full force by the end of April. And, uh, we've got a great group. Uh, Tom Cleved is with us here. He's from North Carolina. Originally, uh, used to work at Anstead's in Fayetteville. Great store. Uh, Yeah. He's great. He's going to be great down in this market and um, the, um, the, the territories they cover are a little augmented from before. So there's some new territories, which is creating some excitement. And uh, yeah, so it'll be great to have that back and, and have the presence back out on the road uh, that we missed over the last year or so. Well, almost two, over two years now uh, to have that presence back there. And, and, you know, they're going to start bringing their own uh, unique touch to their territories as well. Uh, so I'm really happy with the team. I'm really happy with, who, with with each of the new people that we brought on and the ones that that had stayed with us over the last several years. Um, you know we've got a strong group, and I'm really happy and it's it's nice to see a lot of positive things going on. I uh, said so just my, my focus personally is just to just stay patient with it as we go forward because there's a lot of things going on uh, because of all the things that were on hold for such a long time. So just uh, we said our plan is to be patient and uh, and not overdo it. Uh, so we can uh, maintain ourselves going forward and, and continue to be as strong as we have been.
0: Yep. Bear, do you have anything else? I have one more question for John. If not,
1: yeah, John, I, I'm. I'm excited. I know we're. I'm spoken the. You know, the 1994, the sign that would celebrate the 20th anniversary. You guys had that limited edition for the 25th. I know we're in 2022, so we're tw- two years away. But I mean, 30th anniversary is coming up uh, yeah. pretty soon. I mean, are you guys? going to uh, make another, uh, another big splash with uh, in year 30 like you did before, uh, for 20 and 25?
2: That's a great question. And to be very honest, Barrett, there just hasn't been a lot of discussion with it. Um, we're aware of the numbers coming up, uh, but there's just so many things we have going on right now uh, that it hasn't, been, it hasn't been a point of discussion. Uh, but it will be something that we start talking about next year in 2023. I mean, there's always certain things we're working on for the future way down the road. Um, that's just the nature of the, the premium cigar industry. You're always going to be years ahead in your planning. Uh, so there's things that we've worked on, conversations about different concepts um, and ideas to celebrate certain things. But uh, we really haven't touched on it right now, uh, just for just for us in the immediate of where we're at. Um, you know, the focus is on most of the things we talk about for the next 18 months. Um, you know, there's just so much going on that it hasn't become. A point of focus yet yeah, but absolutely we'll be doing something special and we'll yeah. be really celebrating that for sure
1: well if you want to put a bug in tony's ear about the copa trace i am just saying like that would be kind of cool too this, this
0: is a, yeah just throwing yeah. ideas out there
2: <laughs> yeah we may uh, you never know what you may never know what you never know what might pop up
0: yeah all right okay so i guess i have to ask the question I, you probably don't know how to answer it yet everyone but i get this question from more people on your company than anyone else Will you guys be a PCA this year?
2: Uh, we haven't finalized our decision on that. I, you know, I'll answer real honestly. Uh-huh. Um, we haven't finalized our decision on it. Um, we we support what the PCA is doing. Um, I, I think the the show will be significantly different this year in terms of people attending it than it was last year. Um, you know, there was challenges outside of just uh, whether we were go we would go or not. Um, you know, you, we had a responsibility to make an appropriate decision of if it was worth taking our time away from the factory when there was challenges with um, labor shortages, challenges with restrictions on who could be working and what times, um, and then de- meeting demand and production if that was the most valuable decision for us to make at the time, and it worked out. Uh, on our end, that it turned out that it was a good decision that we weren't. We we were able to focus at a time uh, in that mid mid part of the year and make the second half of our year a lot stronger because of you know a few weeks away from factory is a big deal, um, especially with the way we work. Alito you know, runs the factory and Tony runs the factory with his dad, uh, so you know working through that that puts you a couple of weeks behind, which is always a challenge. So um, right now, I, I i we're leaning towards most likely going. Um, but we'll we'll look over there. It's about five months away now. Uh, we'll start focusing on that over the next 30 days. And uh, we'll probably have a decision internally about what direction we're going to go with that by uh, by mid to late March.
0: That's good to hear. Um, you know, and I know you guys always do the responsible thing, you know, big four side. And, and like I said, you guys would, were not there for different reasons. Um, and I think that was very clear. But I could tell you bear, I always speak for bed. was no there was no one missed more at that trade show than you and the Gomez family this year. I mean, I could tell you, I, I speak for a lot of people, and I, I know I speak for Bear. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it was different without you guys there because uh, you guys, and, and and it wasn't just like retail. Manufacturers were telling me this as well. Like, you know, they, they just, you know, you guys were missed. So, uh, but I think everyone understood the reasons and supported you guys for the reasons. It wasn't like, yeah. odd, you know, wasn't like Yeah, that we, at
2: all. We, we certainly missed it, and it's a big, that's obviously
0: yeah. a big deal to us. Um, you know, and as
2: Lito gets older and the company grows, um, you know, that's the big stage where he gets an opportunity and the family gets an opportunity to see people that they wouldn't necessarily see mm-hmm. throughout the year. Um, so that's very important to us. And that, that's one of the main reasons why, uh, you know, when we have discussions about it is, is that's our main focus is we, we want to see the retailers. We know it's a great opportunity and it's still the premier. It's, it's not still, I hate saying words, so it is the premier premium cigar show in the world. Um, and, uh, they're making a lot of moves. So I think there's a lot of good things happening there. So I would be, uh, you know, I, I would be surprised if it wasn't, uh, highly considered and that uh, we weren't there. It would be a surprise to me if that wasn't something we did. But again, the decision hasn't been made yet. Sure. We will sit and talk about it. Uh, but it, where it stands now without a lot of discussion about it, I would be surprised if we weren't, uh, weren't there in some
0: capacity. That's great to hear. You know, uh, again, to wrap it up, Yano, I'm going to see you guys at Pro Cigar. Um, and I could tell you bear, I think I mentioned this when it comes to the white party, the two guys who you, who I could not keep up with at the white party were Nesta Miranda and Lito Gomez. <laughs> they Those guys, I mean, uh, those guys, those guys cleared the dance floor several times is what I'll just say. <laughs> so, uh, nothing like, uh, Lito is Lito is Lito's like 30 years old at heart. I'll just say that. So. It, 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 they yeah, they
2: a, both definitely have a great time and uh, pro cigars great and uh, looking forward to catching up with you down there coop
0: yeah uh, my it, it, ear it, it,
2: pod's about to
0: die yeah we're done we're done so
2: <laughs> so I'm gonna say get your football cigars I'll talk yeah. to you guys on uh, Sunday to see who was right uh, I do have one more announcement Matthew tobacco and I will be doing the smoking tobacco halftime report and the post game show uh, so that tune in with us at halftime. That'll be got live on Facebook and we'll also be talking after the game. That was really fun last year. So that'll be coming back. We've got some fun stuff. I actually paid to use the super bowl logo in our entry music.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. I was going to ask you, I haven't asked Matt about it. uh, And I meant to ask him on Saturday. uh, So I was going to ask you tonight. So I'm glad you brought that up. So that was a lot of fun last year.
2: Yeah. We'll be teasing it. We'll be teasing it on Friday. And, um, but yeah, I have, uh, I, I am allowed, to, I have bought some rights to use the Super Bowl logo in an entry type thing, intro type scene. So we will, uh, we're kind of official this year.
0: We may have to do that for next year now on, on this show. So we'll have to talk about that. So that's good news. All right, John, thank you so much. Uh, again, yes, John, uh, thank you. like I said, we appreciate the time, uh, you're on the road and everything, and we know this is your personal time. So thank you so much for doing this. And thank, thank you, you both.
2: I appreciate it. It was a great time. And, uh, Hey, it's going to be a great game this weekend. I'm excited. And uh, let's go, Joe Burr.
0: Yeah, let's hope uh, go, uh, Let's hope uh, you're right and I'm wrong. So, <laughs> Bear's wrong. So, I think we're all hoping for that. Thanks, John. Take care. All right. Bear, before we go, right, uh, we just uh, – I want to just thank you and Terrence for uh, the Septus su- Alliance support on Sunday as for well sure. for Take 199. Uh, I will be making a donation. Uh, And I'll share that donation with you guys, um, as well. Uh, it meant a lot and, uh, great. I finally did get to see the show. It took me a little longer. Uh, I was on the road and stuff. So, uh, but, but, uh, I know you have a big show coming up uh, for take 200. Has that been announced yet or not yet?
1: Yes, it is. I uh, announced it today on our Instagram and Facebook story um, yeah. and announced it on the show at the end of the show on uh, Sunday after Terrence and I got done with yeah. take 90 take one ninety nine. We said goodbye to our 100s. Uh, it is on the road to 200, 200 if The take 200 will officially be on Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. And we have got uh, uh, icon does not do the word justice. Legend does not do the word justice. Um, but I am pleased uh, to announce and welcome uh, Carlito Fuente as my guest of honor for Take 200 on Sunday uh, at 930 Central, 1030 Eastern. You don't want to miss it. Uh, we're going to have a fantastic discussion. Of course, uh, I'm, I'm known for length on those shows, too. Uh, won't keep up, Carlito, too late. Um, but there are certain things that I definitely want to talk to him about. Some amazing stories. I could listen to that man talk for hours. I know a lot of people feel the same way. And uh, it'll surely be a take you don't. Want to miss.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, so I, I look forward to that one as well. Big score for you. Uh, and that's going to be a great, great show. Um, so look forward to that as well. Um, and uh, I'm going to announce a couple of things on the coup end. Um, so for folks who are still tuned in, they're going to get a little treat because um, this is the first time I'm going to announce this. Uh, so let me just go through the schedule real quick. Um, on Monday, Uh, We will be doing uh, Primetime Jukebox Episode 65. It is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, pregame show. So Dave and I will be breaking down the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, nominees. That's always a that was a show that started Jukebox Primetime Jukebox Episode 1. So uh, it's a it's it's a little different this year because Dave and I have artists that are we really love that are up for nomination this year, uh, including Dave's beloved Dolly Parton. So you're going to want to tune in for that. On now we have two primetime shows coming up. Um and we'll announce this next special edition at some point, but um primetime uh episode 219 on Thursday will be Ian Reese from Dapper Cigar Company. You know, we've had Ian, this is his third appearance on the show, but it's the first time in over three years we've had him on, and I think Dapper's really kind of exploded since then. Uh we've talked Ian's one of the best guests I think we've had, and it's it's great to have him on. Uh, when Aaron likes the cigars, you know, that's a, that's a positive. Um, so, um, so yeah, that will be primetime episode 219 on the, on the 10th. Now episode 220 on the 17th. Unfortunately, Aaron's going to be on vacation with his family. He may pop in, but bear has volunteered or I asked, you know, bear, if bear could co-host that night and he was gracious enough. Uh, but he didn't know who we were going to have on that night. And he said, yes. Right. Um, but we have a uh, not only do we have a big guest, but I think we have one of the biggest giveaways in the history of primetime that we've done. Uh, it's Daniel Marshall. Right. Uh, and he's a tough guy to get for an interview. Uh, he's very excited about doing this show. Um, and he is donating five prizes. And Bear, I think you're going to be seeing these five prizes for the first time. Right. So I don't think you've seen mm-hmm. these. All right. No. So I'm going to put up, I'm going to put up the screen here. All right. So five prizes, uh, a Cigar Arc humidor signed by Daniel Marshall. This is a humidor you could put in the pool, basically. It's totally waterproof, right? Uh, picture's a little small, but a uh, fantastic thing. Uh, and he'll sign that one. Uh, the second thing is we have a, uh, a cutter, a lighter, and uh, lighter gift set. It includes one of the famed Daniel Marshall golden cutters.
1: Mmm, very yes, nice.
0: Very nice. I mean, those are those are the ones that Daniel uses. Uh, it's like a signature gold cutter. It's you know, collector's item. Um, the third one. If that's not enough, we are giving away one Daniel Marshall Carlito Fuente thirtieth anniversary cigar. Very rare to get, you know. And and the, this is a project Carlito and Daniel are both very proud of. Uh, if that's not enough, we'll also be giving away a box of uh, Daniel Marshall's Red Label fantastic cigar um i think it's uh i believe that cigar comes from casada the red label uh but we'll have a box of those um and then the fifth thing is a uh and i actually have one of these uh the signed book uh daniel marshall's 38th anniversary story uh it's a signed book it's a great book to have um and he's giving like i said we'll, we'll be you know one person five there'll be five winners that night um I don't know yet how we're going to give them away. We're, we're still figuring out the logistics of that, but, um, we are, you yeah, know, Daniel's going full, full blown with us. So, um, and I know there's a lot of questions like bear and I are going to have with Daniel, uh, because I think he's one of the more interesting guys, uh, in the cigar. industry. we've talked to him at a, at a, at a IPCPR trade show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's so down to earth too. That's what's, uh, you know, and he's, 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 like I said, he makes these accessories. They, they're high end luxury accessories um and these projects are the high-end stuff and we're, we're honored that he's going to share some of this with the audience so um stay tuned on that cigar media is not eligible for these prizes by the way apologies Damn. <laughs> so <don't, laughs> you will not win <laughs> so um but, but it'll, yeah.
1: be, it'll be great to see some of our audience win some of these prizes this is going to be fantastic yeah yeah, so.
0: yeah. I, and and so so that's why i told people brush up on your hashtag game so, <laughs> oh, with that, because you're going to have to brush up for these things. Uh, but we always appreciate the support every company gives us, uh, You know, especially Tobacco Air USA with, with their prizes as well. So, Bear, that's about it. I, we went, I know we went late tonight, but I appreciate your time uh, as well as John's time. So thank you very much. Uh, it's always fun doing this show. Love the show. Uh, I love the show. And then you love and I. John. Yeah. And then you and I will be at the Great Smoke. Um, so I don't know what the next February. We may not get another show in in February. It may be t- tough, uh, but um, we'll have another show. Uh, you and I will start doing some, some uh, talking on what that will be. I think we have to do, uh, we have to catch up, I know, on the uh, aging experiments. So
1: that's I great. just saw those cigars today. Yeah, I saw those cigars I today. Saw it, I to. saw them
0: this week. So that will probably be the next topic we'll do and we'll wrap something around that. Thanks to everybody who hung in there. Uh, appreciate it. Enjoy, enjoy the game that's going to wrap up primetime special edition 115 into the annals of history for Tuesday, February 8th. Now Wednesday, February 9th on the Eastern and central time zones. We'll see everybody next week. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time.